Ahoy there, it's your old pal, Cowboy Kevin Man. Thanks for checking out this, the first bonus episode of our new season, season four that is, of the AE Podcast, as Adam and I are going to look at the 1997 Slammy Awards. And of course, as always, this episode is brought to you by our lovely backers over at patreon.com forward slash AE Podcast. Hey, do you like the show? Do you want to support it? More importantly, do you want to get access to over 60 hours of bonus content, including over 40 episodes of the SmackDown Crow? a whole bunch of Bibliotech book report special podcasts, or even some video episodes, the latest of which is a 90-minute, that's right, 90-minute dive into Warzone from PlayStation 1. All this and more is available by becoming just a $5 backer over at patreon.com forward slash AE podcast. Become a backer for a month and get immediate access to all of the content. Bump up to a $10 backing and get access to over 25 bonus Q&A episodes from myself, Adam, and the baddest man on the planet billy keeble but for now settle in enjoy get yourself a stiff drink because it's time for the slammy awards 1997 please todd don't start singing yet for the love of god please don't start singing mcmahon's got plenty of nuts ted turner don't you'll see our superstars no old guys here tonight ladies and gentlemen it's the 1997 Special Edition! Hey, hey, we're back on the bonus train! Hello everyone, it's me, Cowboy Kevin Mann, 
Alongside my begrudged colleague tonight, Adam Bibolo. Hey. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm happy because I know there's going to be a small percentage of people out there that don't like bonus episodes that are very upset, and I'm sat here having a great time. <laughs> but the joke's on me because I'm not having a great time because it's the Slammy Awards 97. Yeah, so not going to lie to you, you can all find out now how the sausage gets made, so to speak, but Adam and I sat down. We had a little bit of a toss-up. We are either going to do... The 1997 Slammy Awards or WWA Part 2. Uh, Adam is going away on a little holiday, so we figured, why don't we not ruin his holiday? <laughs> I fought very hard for the Slammies. Like. Seeing as last year when you went on holiday, you went to take Hardcore Holly's book with you. Yeah. This seems like a fair compromise? Yeah, I appreciate that we're doing this instead of more Australia stuff. Yeah, I was going to send you on holiday on location to Australia to find the charred remains of the WWA. <laughs> but here we are instead. We're in 1997, Adam. One episode deep into Season 4 and already we're reaching for the chalice of Bono, yeah. but uh, we're, having a, we're having a good time in 97. I mean, obviously we did our Warzone gamesmanship video as well. How are you getting on with this era? Good. We're deeply immersed, me and you. We've been watching a lot of Raw's, been doing a lot of reading from around the time. Like, everything is 97 at the minute. We've even been watching 97 movies. You watched Flubber. Yes, it's true. I watched Space Jam. I also watched The Wicker Man as well, because I kind of feel like mm. in many senses that I am the man from the Wicker Man. No, not the Wicker Man. He's not even a man. I'm the man in the Wicker Man, and the Wicker Man is 1997. I'm like, no, no, let me just review 1999. Killing me won't bring 97 back. Bret Hart's not that good. <laughs> And that's me, basically, at the moment. Sorry, so, like such a fuzzy lyric. I'm the man inside the Wicker Man. <laughs> like. I'm the man inside the Wicker Man. <laughs> Burn me up, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you right now, I have quoted endlessly mm. the adventures of the Rocket Owen Hart at the Slammy Awards, but other than a few trips into, you know, the recent Slammies, 08 onwards, mm. I've never watched a full classic Slammies before. I don't know about you. Me neither. I've seen the clips of Stand Back and Stand stuff Back, like that, yeah. But I've never actually seen an old school Slammies presentation start to finish before. And it's interesting we're doing the Slammies because this is four days before WrestleMania, I think, yes. which we've already covered. So there's going to be people out there that are like, oh, why, why are we going back all of a sudden now to do this after WrestleMania? And I was thinking that myself when I sat down to watch it, and then I realised how essentially important it is that we do talk about this show. <laughs> because is. this, to me, is the same level of significance as like you and Billy unearthing the WrestleMania Rage Party. Yeah, like, absolutely. This show is way more wild than I expected it to be, Kevin. Yeah, and as well, like just as like an actual show and mechanics, to sit down and watch it start to finish, it's an hour and a half long. It yep. is all up on YouTube, un yep, in unfettered in, its, yep. in, in one piece. And I will say, as a show to watch is fucking hideous. Ooh. However, as a cultural relic of 1997, politically, within the WWF, we spoke a little bit about the mom-and-pop nature of this rinky-dink organization. Not even traded public, can you believe it? <laughs> Battling against Ted Turner. This is one of the most revealing little bits of footage or little shows that WWE has ever, ever done like. Honestly, this is a really good glimpse into what WWF at 97 is all about. Because we're basically watching their version of the Dundies right oh, here. Oh, Jesus like, fucking Christ. This is a big party 
for everybody. Yeah, especially Todd Pettengale and Vince McMahon, who are the only ones who really are... Ins- and everyone has to go, because if you go to WrestleMania, you have to go to the Slammy Awards. Live from some fucking hotel in Chicago, USA Network presents the Slammy Awards 1997. <laughs> Big fan of the USA Network at this point in time. Yeah? Uh, yeah, because USA Network were all over WWE. Because I think, you know, we said like uh, way, way back in season one, there was uh, heavy rumors at the time in 1998 that they were going to get cancelled. Right. Like that Mike Tyson being brought in was very much the shot in the arm. It's Hail kind Mary. Of do or die, Hail Mary. Exactly. Yeah. And it's very interesting to watch. I know you've been seeing some of the Raws as well. The amount of cross-promotion with USA. Mm. Like, did you know that Sunday Night Heat, the first time it's mentioned on WWE TV, is not to promote that most fabulous one-hour Sunday night show. No, Sunday Night Heat is to promote shows that of a sexy nature on the USA Network on Sunday night. Because, Adam, I don't know about you, Suits is pretty fucking hot and heavy, <laughs> but I can't go a day without checking out my latest episodes of Silk Stockings on USA <laughs> Network. Characters welcome. It's great, because you got Vince McMahon going, whoa Mamma mia, Sunday Night Heat! Well, the latest episodes of Silk Stockings will be available to watch on Saturday. And you know, Vince, I never miss an episode of Silk Stockings. It's a sexy show on TV. I love Silk Stockings. So they're treating Heat as a pre-show to the Rudy shows that they would have on USA. Like. And Heat, it's not even... WWF Heat doesn't exist. Sunday Night Heat is the block of sexy shows, USA's original dramas, that is then right. promoted okay. on WWE right. Raw. As Sunday Night Heat. That's where the name... Ca- wow. And then they're like, you know what? Let's be having that like. <laughs> you know, obviously, Silk Stockings didn't uh, last until 98, 99. Silk Stockings. I must say, the ECW intellectual property, I assumed it was like a sofa laying out in the street that anyone, <laughs> anyone can grab it. Like... Yeah. I'm beating around the bush here with my fucking mid-90s structural programming yeah. factoids here. Yeah, we're circling it. Let's circle. Who, who's opening us up here tonight? It's, it's your boy. It's the man of 1997. Tog Pettengale. Yeah, here he is. I don't like Todd. From the, the things we've seen on Raw and WrestleMania, I didn't really have a taste for him. I was like, oh, he's a bit of an annoying Michael Cole type. He's a bit goofy and corny. I don't like him. He's more of a Todd Grisham than a Michael Cole. Todd Grisham is spot on. Yeah, that's exactly who this guy is. Like, Hi, I'm Todd Grisham. I've got loads of funny, wacky effects in my voice. And hey, I'm Todd Grisham. I'm going to say every time you watch you on Afterburn that it's time for the... Main oh. event. But yes, yeah, so I Todd Pettengill is like a bit grating, but I didn't hate him. I watched the Slammy Awards 1997. I hate Todd Pettengill. Yeah, now. like you literally Adam came in here like, where is he? Like, you know, <laughs> looking gonna put him in a fucking locker or something like that. Uh, yeah, I hate this guy now. <laughs> Todd Pettengale inspires the late nineties bully in all of us. Yeah. I mean, I kinda wanna wear a cut off denim jacket and stuff him into a trash can. <laughs> And I, I'm speaking as a victim of bullying for many years in school. I, I really... <laughs> well, I'd say he's a bit of a bully himself, based on this uh, opening number that he does for everyone. Isn't he? He's, he's like all the people who are bullies, that they were bullied themselves. Mm-hmm. Or the people who are... You know, you should really watch out in schools, because the people who are being bullied, 
Those are awful. That's the next generation. Those are the biggest bullies. So you want to really come down hard on them like oh, a ton of bricks. Like, you know, you've got to be really careful about them. Because otherwise you got a Todd Pettengale coming at you here. <laughs> you were a teacher once, right? <laughs> here comes Todd Pettengale. I had the time of my life. And I owe it all to the 1997 Slam ears. I swear, <laughs> Yeah, he starts off by saying, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like DDP the stalker. Yeah. <laughs> Licking his teeth, this fucking freak. Honestly, when you're, when you're going to be the host for the evening, maybe introduce yourself with a little bit of pump, mm-hmm. a little bit of class. I think mm. a, an award show host is a very specific set of skills. Yes. Those are not the set of skills that the Riddler has in the 1960s no. Batman series, which is why he's, he's all like, whoo hoo no. Batman, with all of my songs, you'll never know what's... Oh, no. It's fucking Todd <laughs> Pettengale, the most fucking devious villain of them all. Oh, he also says... Nyeh. Yep. Nyeh. All right. And my favourite, Glahoy. This fucking Billy Crystal-ass motherfucker, like. That's... Yeah, we're trying to go for a big Oscars opening number here. Like, it is an Oscar special type segment we've got yeah because billy crystal used to do the he'd do the medley he'd for best medley. picture yeah and he would do a little bit like titanic's about a thing sinking you know he would do uh lyrics about what was going on mm. now i did a bit of a look about this because i'd always heard about todd pettengale's legendary intro he did for the slammies had you yeah because several times on like you know uh, kayfabe commentaries did a lot of interviews with people from like around this time mm-hmm. uh you know timelines and stuff and they often say oh you're top pettengale he did a really great number and did a really good job on that now watching this i was like the fuck are you talking about now apparently though 1996 oh the year before okay. Todd, out of the blue, did a really great medley. And people were like, oh, goddamn! Right, okay. You're going to do it again next year, Todd? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that might explain why around a third of Todd's parody songs here tonight are Christmas carols, because yeah. he really struggled. <laughs> Christmas carols. Christmas carols in fucking March, mate. Like, seriously. And calling it a medley is a stretch when he literally just stops and then starts a different song again. <laughs> like... Yeah, he just will completely, like, God rest ye merry. Undertaker, na 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 na, Mamma Mia, here I go again. <laughs> give me, give me, give me some more. This is the worst fucking thing. He's it's... cut to Vin straight away, and he's just like unimpressed. Stone Cold, <laughs> this isn't like '96, Todd. Come on, Todd. Stone Cold looks. Furious. So many of the wrestlers look really uncomfortable. <laughs> How would you describe the environment here? Because, I mean, it's a Slammy Awards. It's the night before WrestleMania. It's not, I mean, you would think it invokes the Hall of Fame. But it's, we're not in that environment. Honestly, I wasn't joking when I said the Dundies. Because it is like they've hired out, like you say, like a conference room in a hotel somewhere. Not a massive one. And it like, aggressively looks like a conference room We're talking about hotel. some hotel here. Not like the Great Grant. No, it's some hotel. Like... In a conference room, they've got a little stage. Like you know, they're all staying there. Like you know, <laughs> literally, like totally. Like if you make all these bookings, how about you throw in a booking of the conference room? Yeah, for free, exactly. Like, like, we'll do yeah. a, I don't know, a fucking Slammy Awards or something. Todd, you'll do a song, right? Yeah, cool. <laughs> Next week, you got seven days. <laughs> and they've got a little stage, and off to the side of the stage, you have the Slammy's band, the house band with Doc Hendricks. Now, Doc Hendricks is he in this band? No, he's with the band. He's just doing it. All right, yeah. yeah. Well. And we'll, we'll check in with Doc Why at don't you do points. a guitar solo? 
it's, it's a very odd thing to get your head around, folks. But Doc Hendricks is with a group of professionals, all experts in a field that he used to partake in, telling them all to do things that he probably never was able to do himself, <laughs> but with a reckless abandon and insistence that would make you think that he is the man who did those things. That's not like him. Come on now, where's the flaming piano keyboard solo? Come on, do the Ginger Baker drum thing again, come on! <laughs> I want you to find a piano covered in tacks. <laughs> Where are the blisters on your fingers, man? <laughs> and then you got a little area for the commentators. Vince and King have got their own little booth. Yeah, thankfully they're away from everyone else. Yeah. Like, I mean, they're like in this weird mystery science theater perch where like Vince can just watch and be like, no, what, what is this? No. <laughs> but he's just far enough away that he can't do anything about it. And then all the wrestlers are sat at little round tables that are done like cabaret style around the stage. Some very interesting seatings. Yeah, did you notice any particularly weird seating arrangements? Well, I mean, we're in the middle here now, obviously, of uh, of Tog's song. And oh when... yeah, this is still going on. But... Still going on, <laughs> like in the background here. But yeah, when Todd is talking about Rocky Maivia... And behind him, Kevin Kelly is rubbing his shoulders, and over his shoulder, you can see Doink the Clown. It made me think, there, this is some fucking weird shit. Like, What's gone I mean, wrong? Yeah, I, I've been to some weddings where it's like kind of, oh yeah, we've reconnected with parts of the family, and here's our <laughs> weird group of friends and my friends from uni, and everyone's sat together in weird clusters. Mm. This is such a weirdly clustered event. It is one table that I did see having a great time, by far having more fun than anyone else here this evening. Was the Headbangers, Al Snow and Mick Foley all oh, have their own man. table yeah, together? Yeah, Bear is there yeah, as well. Yeah, it's so cute. I, I want to sit at that table. <laughs> that's the fun table for sure. I mean, headbangers, yeah, give or take, but still, that's the kids' table. It's where you want to be. He makes a pop at Sid. Sid pulls a face. Yeah, sorry, yeah, back to Todd. He, he starts off by having a go at Sid because Sid hears voices and he's a bit kooky. Like, yeah, uh, the fucking psycho Sid family. Yeah, it's fucking. <laughs> it's, that, that's the level right here. Like, you know, Rocky, my via, he's a modern <laughs> yes. stone age fucking the rock. He literally did the Flintstones. Wait, you really did he? He actually I did the Flintstones. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, the Sultan. Nothing rhymes with Sultan, mate. Fucking Come. Bolton, yeah? <laughs> Insultin, like. That is. Yeah. Whoa, Adam, watch out there with your hot rhymes. They're basically molten. Wow, this is fucking easy. <laughs> fucking absurd like <laughs> but it's, it's not even like there's any thread because like you say some of them are christmas carols some of them are tv themes like the flintstones and then you get him doing zz top going everybody's crazy about that taker man <laughs> <laughs> so lame so fucking bad it is is so like the dundies yeah where he's just he's there with his karaoke machine and like you hear they're playing the actual lyrics in the background. He's just belting them out over <laughs> it. Fucking handshaking, perspiration flowing down him. It's amazing that Todd Pettengill managed to last the whole night. Like he, he, That's some serious stamina right there. By about minute six of this medley, I was genuinely feeling like, okay, this poor, has he been made to do this against his will or something? Because this can't be fun for him now. Like... <sighs> Vince like shooting at his feet. Come on, keep ah, going. Hey, Sean Michaels, are you gonna come back and wrestle? Uh. Please come and wrestle again. <laughs> you know, once he calls Sean Michaels the sexiest man to ever step a foot in the wrestling ring. Wow. And then he also asked in this song when we're going to get to see his uh, him shake his bum around again. That's uh, cute. So that's good. He's uh, obviously got the apple of his eye is uh, Shawn Michaels. Well, there. I mean, that's not to say Todd wrote these lyrics. I'm pretty sure Vince could have penned that quite easily. Like. Particularly as well where it's a uh, Sonny, 
Which boob is bigger than your other boob? There you go. That's good. It's That's very, very uh, Yeah, Sonny's a good sport. Sonny, he'll be actively assuming the role of Woody from Toy Story here tonight <laughs> as Buzz Sable Year will be making her, uh, her presence be known later on. Literally. Like. Owen and Bulldog, they fight all the time. Last time I heard them fight was about Donkey Kong because that was a rhyming couplet, so... Rags on Farouk's hat during his bit there. Hey now. Come on. Hey man. It's it's the same old thing when suckers like you always trying to <laughs> make fun of my hat. If you've not seen our gamesmanship review of Warzone, everyone knows about the little FMVs, everyone knows about Ahmed Johnson talking silly. What you probably don't know about is bored Farouk falling asleep during his line. Yeah, if, if Farouk has got no time to talk silly. He's just here to talk in the most literal sense of the word. Like. <laughs> Brett won't look in the camera in case anyone can see his soul. <laughs> and you know what, Todd? He's got many skills. Mm. Whipping up a song like this in an hour like he obviously has, that's very, very impressive. But Jesus Christ... Billy Crystal could hold a tune at least. I can't sing at all. Or at least he would pick a tune that he knows he could keep going. He goes from being like, Why do birds? Why do birds <laughs> suddenly appear when Ahmed Johnson is near? Like, it's so fucking rough. Oh, and nice to know as well that through the medium of song and off-key music, Todd implies again that China's got a penis. That will be the first of four penis jokes here tonight. God help us and save us all. Your commentators tonight, Vince McMahon and Jerry the King Lawler, who start things off and go, This ain't gonna be like those other award ceremonies! You know, the ones with the boring speeches like the Oscars! And Vince just goes, Yes, I hate them! Award ceremonies, quite frankly, are terrible. We all hate award ceremonies. Not this one, including me, though. I mean, we used to do the Sammies in the 80s, and then I stopped until 1994, and then we brought them back very briefly, and then we got rid of them again for another 12 years. But we're nothing like those boring Oscars, pal. That's why we had a cheap Billy Crystal imitation just now. So, uh, Jim Ross is absent, mainly because the concept of shame is alive and well in Oklahoma. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing which is really good, though. One thing I really did enjoy. That live band, if you just crop out Michael Hayes going, Yeah! I'm 18 <laughs> again, man! If, if you crop that out, them singing all of the entrance music is fucking badass. You get to hear live themes of so much good music tonight. It's sweet. And I'll always take a live cut of Ahmed Johnson's theme song. Yes, please. Yeah, baby. Ahmed Johnson is here to present the New Cessation Awards. Yeah! But I ain't gonna read no notes, because I'm not a puppet. Okay. He's not a puppet. If he were a puppet, he'd be in that other federation, so I won't read this. Boom! You get, like, polite applause from the boys. Yeah. Like, yeah, take that, you other federation. We respect you, Ahmed Johnson. Down with the TOF. <laughs> <laughs> the nominees are... Stone Cold Steve Austin. You can all kiss off. Because I'm 1997 Steve Austin. And I got a little earring. And my neck can wobble a little bit more now. Very wobbly neck. Very wobbly neck. I, I noticed straight away here a theme that they all use all night is whenever they're showing the nominees for the award, they will always try their best to get a clip that really represents that award as best yep. as possible. So it'll be like, Mark Miro here, the new sensation of the 
WWF, Flash Funk, what a sensational dive! Oh, look at that new move from Mankind. They always try and, like, like really wrangle it in there to the point of obviously dubbing in lines. The one here when it's Mankind went, Mankind is dangerous. <laughs> so it's Austin... Maybe even more wild? The wild, wild man. man. Mark Sable, ladies and gentlemen. Flash Funk, who's nominated for like a million awards here. Bless him. Mankind and Rocky Maivia. And King says, as Ahmed Johnson's introducing oh. it, I speak Ebonics. What? Please don't show us. He says he'll have to translate for Ahmed. But Ahmed doesn't speak Ebonics. He speaks Moronics. It's like, with like one presentation into the awards here and my pen is already running dry from me making notes on what the terrible things that Jerry Lawler has said. You know all that made me think about? Do you ever see when Quentin Tarantino was on mm. uh, like BET mm. and it's like hey Quentin tell us about your new movie. It's like oh shit man here it goes. It's like oh Quentin uh, what are you doing like? Uh, I, I, I like to speak like a black man sometimes. Is that <laughs> is that so wrong? Is that so strange? <laughs> yes Quentin keep it in your fucking pants <laughs> so Ahmed Johnson is like and now I'm gonna read the winner of the wards Stone Cold I don't think so Rocky Maivia boom yeah that's cause they're feuding no, he's, they're not. Not, he's not a puppet like the other federation oh that's what it is he's not a puppet so he's just gonna piss off Stone Cold for no reason I've never seen The Rock I mean he's Rocky Maivia here forgive mm. me for calling him The Rock but I've never seen him this out of sorts and awkward and embarrassed in my life. The luckiest kid in the world. He is lucky, no doubt about it. <laughs> well, first of all... He also has a great deal of ability. Not a king, though. First of all, I'd like to thank... I'd like to thank God for blessing me with the wisdom and the ability. I'd like to thank my family, Danny, for your never-ending love and support. <laughs> what can I say? A year ago this time, I was sitting at home and I watched Ahmed Johnson receive this same award. <laughs> now, I know I've got a lot to learn here in the World Wrestling Federation, and there are many hills and valleys that Rocky Maivia must endure. <clears throat> but with your support and the He's great people of the World Wrestling Federation behind me, I believe Rocky Maivia can accomplish anything. This might be... I. I don't want to call it a promo because it's even you can't really call it that but this might be the worst promos have purpose like <laughs> this might be the worst public speaking of any kind i've ever seen the rock do ever and i just want to say oh winning this uh everyone's like boo fuck off right yeah <laughs> it cuts to the headbangers who are like Boo! Yeah. Boo! yeah We're not talking about like fans no. that are like sick Boo! of the rock. It's his peers. <laughs> it's his peers booing him. And I just wanted to say, um, thanks, Dad. Hope I make you proud. And his dad's like, Boo! Boo! And Tony Adams like, Boo! <laughs> what is great is the boos are so fucking loud. And he's like, I want to thank God. Boo! Thank you for your service. Polite. <laughs> the best thing is that the first award is given out and we have a slightly too long, very boring Oscars type yep. speech after King's like, ho ho, top of the hour. It's good. Yep. You know, I know you're all hooked in after that song, but it won't be boring. And now I want to give a, a nice, long, awkward, oh gosh, dang, I'm so, 
I'm ever so nervous. Um, I've got a, a speech here about my dad, and uh, uh, so they apologise. Yeah, he's meant to be here tonight with his date, Cindy Margolis. That doesn't stop him from thanking his actual girlfriend in the speech. Like, come on, just keep kayfabe going for a little bit. Rock, and you like. just uh, you just gotten married at this point as well to Danny. So yeah. Uh, oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. So it's a little awkward, and they mention that on TV as well, where it's like. But uh, he's there with Cindy Margolis. Uh, like. You know. You know, it's it's all right, isn't it? Like, you know. It's a professional day. Like. Fe- exactly. A female... Like when Jay Rayner always takes a female companion when he does restaurant reviews. Yeah. Mm. It's it's all right, isn't it? Mm. Rox is bringing international sensation Cindy Margolis to the Slammy Awards. So then King is literally like, well, Rock made a liar out of me. One word and we've already had a boring speech. Vince seems like he gets progressively a little bit more pissed off as the night goes on. Like, he's upset, like, how this has went down. Absolutely, because the awards are a shambles, and he's not able to do anything about it from the position he's sat in. He's the Dwight Shrew of this Slammy Awards. Yes. He's the guy sitting one and with a piece of paper, like, no, no, this has run over along yeah. too much now. And, you know, we've got Todd Pettengale as, uh, as, Michael Scott. as Michael Scott, like. Austin comes in second, and Todd is like, do you want to say it was, uh, it was a very, very close, very close uh, second place with Steve Austin. Uh, it was not rigged, of course, at all. Uh, definitely real votes were cast. By who? It just mm. doesn't matter. But it's close. <laughs> Steve Austin comes up and cuts a great promo. Yeah. Steve Austin in a tuxedo. That's a great energy right there. Oh, man. He looks fucking awesome in that suit. I got three sticks of gum in my mouth, and I'm here to talk all kinds of mess about Rocky Mountain Beer, son. <laughs> Cusses a mouse. Cusses out Ken Shamrock, who smiles. Cusses out Bret Hart, who smiles with his children. And then he struggles with his gum at the end, like... <laughs> but that's that's it. Stone Cold remembers that, yeah, this is a wrestling show. We're here to promote WrestleMania on Sunday. That is the whole point of this thing that we're doing right now. I'm not here to thank my girlfriend and thank my God for me getting the new Sensation Award. Like, it's not an award, mate. It's yeah. a fucking kayfabe thing for a story. Like, oh, I, some of these speeches have really made me cringe so bad tonight. But, like, with any of these speeches, I would have thought, it's the night before WrestleMania. You do a good job here. They'll probably play a bit of your speech at fucking at WrestleMania. Mm. You know, you will be in video packages. You will have more interest in your match. Mm. And, like, the fact that Rocky manages to not say, talk about the Sultan Mace. Yeah, that's it. That's what I mean. You've got your biggest match of your career coming up on Sunday and you're not promoting it. Tell him you're going to send him packing right back to Bolton. Like, come on, you know. <laughs> also, it's been pointed out to us by our pal Todd that... The Sultan, in kayfabe, the reason he doesn't speak and has Bob Backlund oh, and the Iron man. Sheik as his mouthpiece. Adam, can you yeah. reveal to the people? Because he had his tongue cut out. Are you kidding me? Yeah, and he's facing Rocky the Tongue Snatcher Maivia. Like, it was so perfect and we didn't even know about it. Like, God damn it, like... So frustrating. <laughs> one more tongue for the necklace, like, you know? <laughs> he should have apologised to his father, like... <laughs> So, we get a first of many, many, many hype-up spots to call now to vote for Miss Slammy. There's still time to vote for Miss Slammy. This is a different federation. A federation that doesn't care about social media. Are you sharing it? Are you sharing your thoughts or telling us what you think? They're about one thing and one thing only. Mooney Yeah. They want that fucking dollar dollar bill. Yep. 99 cents a minute. Mm-hmm. I do have to point out for the record, every time this appeared, this fucking call now thing, right? The bit in the corner where it says, get your parents permission, it is legitimately obscured by the USA logo. 
It's like, call now, call this number, calls cost 99 cents a minute, and their parents. And- <laughs> Vince does have to say, kids, get your parents' permission, which is fucked up, because this is only for the Miss Slammy Award, which they will later go on to tell you there is a talent contest and a swimsuit contest Woo-hoo! for. It's like, kids, don't forget, you can vote, just get your parents' permission. And also, this, the we should say, this show that when it was broadcast... I don't think it was the night before WrestleMania. I thought it was like on the Thursday or something. It was. It was before. Yeah, I guess. It was, yeah. It was very shortly before WrestleMania. Yeah, it, was like, it, it has that night before vibe, but probably with. Uh, I it, think it was like Thursday, and it was like the last stop broadcast, before WrestleMania. I think, yeah. But it was broadcast 11 p.m. till 1 a.m. in the morning. It was in, like, such a terrible-ass slot. So, like, chances are kids probably wouldn't have been watching this anyway, I guess. The type of kids who are up watching this probably are the type of kids who don't have to ask permission. (laughs) Nelson Muntz. (laughs) (laughs) So, our entrance for the Miss Slammy contest... Sable, Sonny, Marlena, the Funkettes, mm. who enters one. Yeah. And China. So okay. every woman on the roster Literally. at that moment in time. That's everyone we have. And the calls are 99 cents a minute, which in 1987, adjusted for inflation, is around $700 per minute. <laughs> Talent! Talent! Oh, for fuck's sake. I've got Miss World, Miss Universe. <laughs> this is literally what he says nothing means anything except the swimsuits. Yep. Nothing means anything. Jerry is mad that we're even going to bother having a talent contest before we get to the swimsuit contest. Yep, so our next award, it's Dress to Kill. Mm. Everybody going about it, Dress to Kill. (laughs) Please, if you think if we do three references to ZZ Top, they'll show up because they like wrestling. We get a free gig then. (laughs) There's there's so many times each night where it's like, come on, this is a glane of debate. It's like me and Viva Pinata at the Star Wars. I don't know how to attract the high tier Pinatas. I'm just throwing shit everywhere. Like, come on. You think if I nominate Kramer for an award, Michael Richards will show up drunk? Like, do you think Bill and Hillary Clinton will be here later? So, the Dress to Kill Award, which is introduced by none other than supermodel sensation and apparently on retainer, Cindy Margolis. And the honky tonk man. I got my long sideburns and my hair slicked back. There was a problem at the show. I'm not welcome back. I'm the honky tonk man. The honky tonk man. I don't care if the picture didn't come out. You paid for the Polaroids. It don't matter. I'm fucking out of there onto the next town, man. Did you ever hear that? There was a great one in one of the shoot interviews where it's like, honky tonk man, uh, I paid $20 for a Polaroid and then you ran out of film. You said, one second, I'll just go and get it. And then you left. He gave me his fucking twenty dollars, you fucking idiot! Fucking warrior, hunky! You fucking run out of Polaroid film, <laughs> Wario! Yeah, scamming people. <laughs> you think he's gonna cut the honky tonk man in his house as HTM? He's just eating cakes. There. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! You got her hello, baby. Looking like Randy from Trailer Park Boys, Aww. rocking the good seedo. Yeah, like. seriously. And he just, he starts off by insulting Cindy to her face for a few it's minutes. It's so funny. Cindy Marganis. <laughs> Candy Margoofus. <laughs> Pop of the night from Honky Tonk Man there, I must mm. admit. So, we get the Blue Meanie theme for our nominations. This is very, very 1997 where it's like, I don't know, you get the old kind of, uh, the, the old 50s footage cut together. Like, yeah, you know, Laurel and Hardy, people on railroads. All the footage they use for these little packages is like black and white, old school silent movie kind of footage. It's like, one Martin Luther King away from the master plan. <laughs> like, it's, it's that type of thing, you know. 
We get the Blue Mini theme, though, introducing us to our nominees. Shawn Michaels, Sable, Marlena, Flash Funk, and everybody talking about the Underman. Undertaker nominated for Dress to Kill. I just, I really want to... Everybody's talking about my Undertaker. Sable wins. Yeah. And uh, she's accompanied on stage by... I was like, he's injured at the moment, but he'll be back. He's going to put a fucking cane. Like, yeah. Like, oh my God, are you, are you okay, Mark? <laughs> Mark. Like, this is bad. It's like, you see like Mark Merrow and like in the clips here doing the Marvelocity and now he's here in a fucking cane and he comes back with a boxer gimmick. Stand up. What <laughs> happened to Mark? Like, And it's great because it's like, and the winner is... Sable, yeah. Mark Miro straight on the mic. Yeah. <laughs> Ow, Sable. Oh, baby. Ow. Get out of the way. You know what happened to him? I think it's like, like uh, one of the monsters took like his his wrestling and they got in that basketball, didn't they? And now they're doing the Marvelocity, aren't oh, they? No. It's really it's over there in WCW and then Monstars, yeah? Oh. Doing the Marvelocity while Mark Merrow can't even walk up onto the stage <laughs> properly anymore. He's like, Sabre, remember all those times I said that I wasn't watching you get changed and you had privacy? I lied! And no it, pop for that. No, there's no pop for any joke it's tonight. just awkward silence. Everyone's like, ugh. <laughs> Everyone Fuck. goes down like a fucking ton of bricks. Yeah. It's so bad. No one's peers here thought, oh shit, you know what? Like, because like, I used to do some stand up shows with like a, a university comedy society. Mm. A lot of people starting out for the first time. So we, you know, you do a small gig for someone's first ever one where a lot of people in the audience would be fellow stand up comics. Yeah. I was like, look, we know it'll help them with their stuff. We just, yeah. Extra forgiving. And, yeah. yeah. Like, we can create an atmosphere to help our peers. Because, especially this, it's for a TV in show. The World Wrestling Federation. Yeah. Which is struggling. Yeah. Like, really bad. We need this. <laughs> I was like, oh, come on, what's WCW doing at the moment? Like, Boo. <laughs> oh, I wonder what Scott Hall and Kevin Asher doing. Something sardonic, I imagine. And I will say at this point, because I don't think we've really addressed this yet, but around this part of the show, when you've had the weird opening number, the amount of jokes that have landed like a lead balloon, all all these things, like the weird outfits, the weird seating arrangements, seeing Vader in a tuxedo, the lighting, the camera quality, everything about it has got this weird sort of adult swim, hellish kind of vibe. Eric Andre show. It's like an Eric Andre or Tim and Eric, like very unsettling. Not like it's an outright comedy show. It's just like one of those adult swim shows that are designed to make you uncomfortable and upset you. It's playing, if you're someone who is sensitive to awkwardness or cringe or something just being a bit fucking like, like there's a gossamer thin layer between this and being like, oh shit, the company's fucked. Yeah. Ah! It's painful. Like this is Vince McMahon's big brave face, and it is not very, very uh, convincing. Let's just say. No, it's really dark sided. Proper dark sided here. Sable picks up the award. I'd like to thank the WWF, the World Wrestling Federation, the finest wrestling organization in the world. She says it's going to be the year of the cat. Two years later, she would sue them for sexual harassment. Mm. I will say, this is the most likable and genuine speech I've ever seen Sable give. Ever, ever, ever. Like, yeah, because, like, Sable, this is, like, her first real kind of... You know, she's been around since the previous WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. But this is the first time where it's, like... 
like it, she's been pegged it's like she's going to be you're the, the next. star you're the star yeah. you know this and is about you this like. is what Andy asked for Christmas and he's going to be well fucking chuffed with you when he sees you and she's very very happy yeah and she's very I think in a way it seems a little bit naive about not just the 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 women who she is because uh, I mean all the women have nothing but bad things to say about each other in this mm. time it's really sad it's like. really sad it was a real toxic environment for the yep. women at the time and like you know, Sonny hated Sable. Sable mm-hmm. hated Sonny. Marlena hated everyone. Ivory hated all the women who weren't wrestlers. It's just like, you know, and China changed separately. So everyone, yep. liked, you know, everyone was viewed to be too big a star. There was no camaraderie at this point, And mm-hmm. it's really sad to see. But not just that. I think just generally the whole company. Like, she's really been put out front and center. It's like, oh, lads, way. Yeah. She's, like, very obviously Vince McMahon and Vince Russo's favorite new thing. Definitely. No one's comfortable with it. Least no. of all Mark Mero, who seems genuinely distressed. But this is the most delighted and delightful I've ever seen Sable before. Because, like you say, she is on top of the world right now. Yeah. And she comes off as genuinely happy and genuinely likable for the first time. Like. It's hard to think that just it takes you two years to go from being... like It seems like a lifetime, but it's like her whole original run, essentially. Yeah, pretty much. To go from being like, oh my god, finest company ever, to be like, just, you know... Fuck this place. Fuck this place. Yeah. And everyone in this place is like, well, fuck you. Yeah, like, literally. You know? Just scorched earth. Nation of Domination interrupt. Okay. Yeah. Wolf and DJ MC got a tuxedos. Ready them out and here we go. Nation of Domination. And Farouk's got his special hat as well. Yeah. And it's actually pretty cool because they have a spotlight on them. They literally interrupt Todd Pettengill mid-sentence. And there's a spotlight on them. And they all stand around their little circular table and do the pose. Like, it's really cute. Like, I mean, I felt listening back to our WrestleMania 13 episode that I was a bit all over the place. Because I said how much I love the group. And then we went on to dissect all the really weird problematic shit about the group. Yeah. Nation Domination as a group of lads, mm-hmm. the visual of there being loads of them. That's it. That's it. Yeah. The, the, the sort of the, the faction itself is so cool. With I, a ruthless leader, cool, awesome. I love the rap. I love the image of them all stood together like a huge force. They come off as so intimidating and aggressive. It's purely the storyline and the narrative surrounding them and the vocabulary that That's is chosen. It, yeah. That make because there was even a way to do it about race without it being horrific. But the route they went is just so, like, ay ay ay, Really fucking bad. But hey, at least the Nation Domination, most of their members already had tuxedos. So this is a pretty easy trip in. Yeah, like, literally, you know? like, just the usual wardrobe. D'Lo, have you... Sorry, D'Lo. I mean, that gentleman. Have you oh. got a spare one there for Rukinius? <laughs> Our next award is presented by two superfans, George and Adam, everyone. <laughs> Here comes George and Adam. <laughs> Adam, these two are a little bit... Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Okay. Breathe, pal. Breathe. They're funny. It's Dweezil and Ahmed Zappa from the WrestleMania Rage Party. (laughs) Now, I found out about these guys a while ago. Did you? I did. Oh. And I was obsessed with them because... They're all over the fucking place. They really push these guys fucking hard. They appear on a whole bunch of adverts. What do you know about George and Adam? 
I looked so hard for any information I could find about them. Because typing in George and Adam is such a vague thing to search for. It took a lot of digging around. That's you, that is. That's my name. Yeah, all that comes up on Google is pictures of me. Like, this is you. This is you watching Curious George. (laughs) This is you watching George of the Jungle. (laughs) Yeah, all I could find out was what you say. They were in a lot of adverts. They did a thing at Royal Rumble 97 where they, like slept outside the arena for months to get tickets or something they, they were basically a comedy duo a couple of super fans yeah they appeared on lots of things like livewire and you know their equivalent of afterburn and stuff like that on the time and the idea was it's like a little bit of comedy here two guys who are meant to be like the big wwf obsessive fans and the main one that they did was at the alamo dome in 1997 when they had uh, the big homecoming for Shawn michaels coming back to San Antonio to take on Psycho Sid. And this is like 97 and they had like a fucking, you know, that's a big, big 60,000 seat arena. Mm. And they were terrified about not being able to sell it out. They papered like tens of thousands of tickets. So I think it was really funny they had this big gimmick where it's like George and Adam were like, oh, we're going to sleep outside the Alamo Dome for a month. It's like, why? If you come there the day of, you'll get a free ticket and probably a fucking (laughs) denim jacket as well to boot. Like, But... A little bit of further digging about George and Adam. Hmm. They were actually both WWE in-house employees. Yes, I managed to find that. The, the only thing I... The, the little shred I could find was I saw a forum post from someone somewhere that got given a tour of the WWE facilities and everything. Yeah. And when they got shown around the TV studio, like the live studio aspect of it, it was George, the person from Adam and George. Ah. That actually, this is like in 2014, he did a tour with them and showed them around the place. So like, he was with the company. I'm not sure about Adam, but George, a.k.a., and I shit you not, this was his backstage nickname, George the Germ. Uh, who was christened that by Bobby Heenan, apparently. He did these two loads of things for like, the Coliseum video where they go you know, backstage. You know, they always have like, oh, we were introducing the bits here. We're in the backstage area yeah. with all the, the monitors and shit like Our that. Our next clip comes to us from yada, yada, yada. Like. Know, Bobby Heenan shaking a ladder. Who are you doing? You're fired. You know, yeah. that type of thing. So, yeah, he's been there. He was there forever since like the late 80s, early 90s. Wow. And he was there until... At least five or six years ago, because he has got a Facebook page. It's him, like, just loads of pictures of him in Titan Towers. Mm. So he is a long-term Titan Towers employee on the production side, would report to Kevin Dunn on, like, the TV production end of things. Yeah. But, yeah, the comedy of George and Adam. Yeah, they're basically here to take the piss out of being a wrestling fan. A little bit, like, yeah. yeah. this is you, this is. Ha-ha. Look at how stupid and antisocial these guys are. Because obviously 1987, the people watching WWE, a very broad church, so they can make fun of, you know, the, the only bit that's keeping you fucking going, like. Literally, yeah, th- this audience they're particularly attacking here is exactly who they're going to be spoon-feeding next year when it comes to, like, the TNA they're giving them and Mike Tyson and stuff like that. Yeah, like, this is pretty much like now when they're relying on female fans and the several years prior to that when they were treating women like absolute shit, like, yeah, on TV. Exactly the same. <laughs> Same thing, yeah. But like, you know, I'm not going to take away from their performance because they have the eager, we've been practicing this and this is our, you know, they, yeah. they're trying their hardest. Yeah. But it is obvious that the boys don't like this fan shit. It's a Jason Sensation thing all over again. And like. the only thing worse than a fan kind of getting over like this is someone who, a faceless name from the back, not even someone mm. who tours with them, someone from Titan Towers 
doing this, getting TV time, no mm. way. So it's totally flat. And they're just there. It's like watching a school talent show, someone doing stand-up and not getting a single laugh. Yeah. Because everyone there is like, well, fuck you. No, I'm not giving you the time of day. Mm-hmm. Not me. When I did stand-up at my <laughs> talent show, uh, I, I killed it. And the teacher organizing said I'd get them fired because they did bad boy jokes about the principal. But other people who did stand up I I slayed it absolutely slayed it like (laughs) tight five yeah at the talent show in 2006 like (laughs) this is for the tattoo you awards just call it best tattoos tattoo you well it's special because they misspelled tattoo Uh, it's got two t's and two o's guys but it's alright so the nominees are Drew Barrymore. If you see what I'm saying? What are you talking about? Drew Barrymore. What? Waka waka. Why? She's got a butterfly tattoo. So? Near her butterfly, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, my neighbor's got a tattoo. Can I nominate him for a Slammy Award? Like, what the fuck do you mean, Drew Barrymore? That depends, Adam. Does he come, my baby? Come, come, my baby. Uh, You're a butterfly. No. Shut up. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. That would be a great fuzzy cover, wouldn't it? Come, my baby! Come, come, my baby! You're a butterfly! Do it! <laughs> <laughs> so, they... <laughs> You're really pleased with that, aren't you? <laughs> Just imagine being trapped on a boat out at sea with Chris Jericho playing Butterfly. <laughs> Can we start a crowd crowdfunding thing to get Kevin to go on Jericho's next No! We ship him off with Jericho. I thought we could have our own crowdfunding thing so you, me, and Billy and Joe could go on a yacht and shout obscenities at them and spray them with fucking deodorant. <laughs> like protest boat. Yeah! <laughs> like, what's that over there? It's the snobby podcast in some yacht boats. The nominees, as we were saying, Drew Barrymore, yep. Crush, he's got yep. facial tattoo, yep. HBK, Chicks Love His Tattoos, The Undertaker, or Tommy Lee, the rocker. Why are we just throwing celebrities in? I li- literally don't understand what the purpose of this is. I mean, the surefire way to get Carmen Electra on your show at 1997 was vis a Tommy Lee. Like. So we, are you suggesting that they would put these nominations out like weeks in advance and then invite these celebrities to come to the show? Either that or it's just like, a, hey, see, we're touch with pop culture fuck that i hate this so much <laughs> you know you can tell this is like three legitimate ones and then it's like pop culture one pop culture two. yeah you, you figure it out like, yeah you know? undertaker wins yep <laughs> so undertaker wins and they do do this thing where it's like the undertaker though would he show up to an awards ceremony nah. and then the slammy awards banner like <laughs> and Undertaker does come out very slowly and as he's yeah. coming out very slowly Wooden Fan just goes just give it to Crush <laughs> it'd be a lot quicker yeah like. Posture Taker it's fine like so yeah Taker comes out very very slow very very big entrance and George the germ <laughs> he pisses himself mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god Thank you all for this award. I'm fixing to tell you how proud I am of all my tattoos. Ho ho, but look at George! Look at him, he's pissed his pants! Ho ho! And I. Ha ha! Look at the pants! He pissed them! Oh my, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen! Unbelievable! <laughs> Sorry. One, two, no, it's just one! He pissed his pants! 
He got him. No, he did not shit his pants. He merely pissed them. I did it oh, my way. God. Cool. I hope Undertaker wins many more awards here yeah, today. Yeah, we need to hear more from him. So, it's time for the talent contest. Okay. So, Tracy and Nadine, out they come. They're Flash Funks, Funkettes. Yeah. There is something very, very 1997 about two women coming out <laughs> doing... Why is quite honestly, you know what? Like I'm going to say it now. I I appreciate a good dance. Yes. This is not a long time thing of mine. If you'd say with me back in the day, dancing couldn't give two shits. Mm. I've seen a little bit of dance. I must admit, what I've seen when it's done well is very impressive. Yes. And the parallels between dance and wrestling have been shown to me. And I think if someone is very, very good at dancing, the wrestling crossover can definitely come in there. I think someone who's like an amazing dancer becoming a wrestler, like, mm. you know, it's just going to happen someday. That. Unfortunately, Stacey Keebler had a glass ceiling <laughs> above her head. We weren't really able to see what she could do. But I can say with some assurance that Tracy and Nadine are not very good dancers. They're completely out of sync with each other what, and the music. They, what is the music? Well, that's it's the funk et. It's like Flash Funk presents the funk et. It's so inappropriate. I'm the fire starter. Twisted fire starter. Boom, boom, It's Jerry the King Lawler in the background. <laughs> Firestarter. Yeah. What? And they are out of sync, as you say, completely. Yeah. And even if they were in sync, like you know, being in sync and in time to the music would make it impressive on some degree. But even so, it's a boring dance, and it's nothing much like. Now, did they call Naomi and Cameron the Funkettes? Funkadactyls. Funkadactyls. It was dinosaur themed. Completely different. Now, like. obviously, the WWE can't help themselves when they've got like a black man, and they want to have you know oh, a fun character that's just them dancing and yep. singing and and, and uh, mm-hmm. shucking and jiving that fucking awful phrase that they always wheel out. But like Naomi and Cameron. They were fucking two like dance. But they were two pro dancers. Yeah. Like they, I think Naomi, like professional dancer as mm-hmm. well. She was a former cheerleader in Florida. And like that's some intense shit. And those two would they had a better work rate than Brodus Clay. Yeah, that's for sure. Like seriously, Brodus yeah. Clay would just be like pointing at them and go, Yeah. <laughs> I don't like doing what I'm doing. Oh, is it very hard, is it Brodus? To wear your fucking sweatsuit and point at the bomb.com. Oh, is it very hard? <laughs> Flash funk, great worker. Nadine and Tracy. I'm sorry, you didn't get my vote here tonight. Sauce. Even as a twosome, they, nah. they struggle here. Match of the Year Awards, presented by good old JR Jim Ross. My God, there's a lot of great matches here in 1996 and 1997. It's very difficult to get it down to five matches, but let's uh, take it to the nominees. Wow, great job. Professional. Consummate professional, and he looks like he's having a good time as well. I don't need no co-host. <laughs> Seriously, everyone else should have put their foot down. Honestly. JR yeah. didn't need no chemistry, he brought it with him. Just here to do his job. So, our nominees are... Got Shawn Michaels versus Mankind. Oh, that is such a... Have you seen that one, Mind Games? No, I haven't. Oh my god, we did it for How to Wrestling on Mankind, or a special Mick Foley episode. Mm. One of my all-time favourite matches. Ooh. Mind Games, Shawn Michaels, Mick Foley, goals. Very nice. Brett versus Stone Cold from Survivor Series. Also, very great match at Madison Square Garden, that one. 
Undertaker versus Mankind in a boiler room brawl. Have, have you seen that one? No, I have not. Oh, and this is a glitchy, like a list of really great matches to watch. And the boiler room brawl is one of the strangest matches that we've ever done. It's like done like a little multi-camera shoot. Ooh. They filmed it away from the crowds. Yeah. It's a very unique little, and for 1996 as well, mm. unlike anything they had done before or really since. Oh, uh, Savio Vega versus Stone Cold Steve Austin in a strap match. That's the one where the lights went off uh, and they had to read do it like oh god really great match though oh really yeah yeah really, okay. really great and hbk versus bret hart in an iron man match which uh, i stand to this day is not a great match yeah it's kind of slow it's really boring yeah i don't like it at all yeah. surprisingly two guys who hate the fuck out of each other didn't work very well together <laughs> why don't podcasts that's it people always ask us for podcast advice those of you who are podcasting <laughs> with people who clearly piss you off and who you think you're better than, don't do it. Yeah, not a good idea. Because it's the same way that Sean and Brett, two guys who hate each other, both who thought they were better than the other and didn't want to put up with each other's shit. Yep. They didn't start a podcast either, <laughs> did they? And the winner is... The worst match. Shawn Michaels and HBK. Yeah. I always remember the first time I saw that match. I got the WrestleMania anthology. It was in my final year of secondary school. Me and my roommate at the time in boarding school, Dammy, who was uh, from East London, and we are from two very different worlds, Adam. I was not equipped to deal with his his love of garage. Mm-hmm. He was in a garage band. He was the one who had that uh, intense rap, which was, boy, if I catch you messing with my bird, I'll scorch you like a Charizard. <laughs> which is, you know, I wasn't ready for that, like... But he loved wrestling, and he and I bonded a lot over our love of wrestling. So when I got the WrestleMania anthology, and I brought it up, watched it on a little portable DVD player, and he was like, I've always heard Brett and Sean is the best ever. And I was like, me too, I've always heard that's great as well. So we sat down, watched it at midnight, in our room, watching this, you know, two worlds colliding, friends being made, and we were both turned to each other and went, oh, this is a bit boring, isn't it? And he went, yeah, this is really boring. And I went to turn it off, he went, no, 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 don't turn it off. Let's just watch it. We spent an hour watching this match, and every time I was like, should we? No, uh, let's just... It's got to get good, right? Surely. I mean, if a boyhood dream comes true, it's got to be good, right? <laughs> Surprisingly, a boyhood dream coming true is uh, counteracted and knocked away when a middle-aged man's dream is crushed. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's not that fun. Oh, God, we got to get both these lads up on stage now. They both have to come on stage to collect awards. That's the only reason this one. Yeah. You know what? The Brett and Sean thing... We're barely, we barely have got any of it in our system at the moment. Mm. I feel when it gets to Survivor Series, it might mean that we have to do a little bit of supplemental watching along yeah, the way. Yeah, I think so. But they hated each other. Obviously. I mean, you know, how much do you know about their disdain for each other? It was a really personal kind of thing. Like, I know in a personality sense, they really clashed with each other. Like, Brett did not like Sean's brash, arrogant personality. And I know that Brett is very easily rattled by people that he doesn't like. Yeah. And... I know that Sean's the kind of guy that likes getting under people's skin. Once he knows how to wind you up, he's going to do it a lot more. So it just got worse and worse and worse. The thing that surprised me the most about all this, because I know a bit about Sean and Brett's beef for, for quite a while, but watching more and more in 97, the thing that surprises me the most and is really shocking is how often Vince would literally be like, oh, yep. oh, yep. you're going to have to accept an award together. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh, spin the bottle. Oh, Sean and Brad, you've got to go. Seven minutes in heaven. Uh-oh. Yep. Like, there you is know. a lot more fanning the flames with these two than I actually expected. Like, they totally try and fucking twist this and make it even worse. Vince just knows that the two of them hating each other is the best thing that he has in terms of intrigue Mm. and he fucking stokes that flame Mm. constantly the fact that 
Shawn Michaels only had one or two physical encounters with Brett backstage and that Vince only got punched by Brett is a miracle. Mm. It surprised me that these two didn't just go, fuck off Vince and deck him. Because like, yeah. he's just poking them all the time. Like you say, it makes for good TV. Just hopefully it won't blow up in his face. I mean, this is... Not good TV, though, is no, it, Adam? this is fucking gross. It's tense and awkward. It's like two fucking divorced parents have to go and speak about their son at the same fucking birthday party, one after another. And Sean's one is so fucking casual and, like, oh, blasé. Yeah. Like, it's really great that it was in that match, and uh, I won the match. Ooh, you know, like, oh, fuck, he just knows. He's, like, he's playing that... I know exactly what he's doing. He's playing that, like, kind of, oh, you know, guys... You know, old Brett over there. Yeah. He's, he's getting everyone against Brett, really. And he's doing it in the way where he's like, hey, it's just a joke, man. Just having a laugh. What are you getting I, so I, worried I, about? Like? I know, but I, it's a, just a joke that I know will piss you yes, off. Yes, definitely. So I think Sean is apprehensive here because that carry on fucking grinds my gears. Yeah, it's bullying. like. But Brett is so pissed off as well. Well, that's, that's the other thing. Plays Brett, right into his hands. Honestly, he makes it so much worse because it's it doesn't mean anything. Ignore the, him! Getting the slammy for the best match and it doesn't mean anything that Sean won that match but Brett lets himself get so rattled by it and he, go, he does the fucking, you see it coming a mile away, the stoic Brett speech like, I want to thank everybody stuck by my side got me this slammy here today. And a lot of my fans don't like me anymore. But I want to thank the ones that always stick with me. And he just does the same fucking thing where he takes it so seriously. I did like that he managed to pivot into his a little bit of a promo for his match with Austin. Well, yeah, he's still a bit of a professional, I guess. But I don't know something about Shawn Michaels. He's all over this show tonight. Mm. Fucking taking off his shirt, showing off his... You know, he's wearing a fucking tank top for like half of the show. And he's lost his smile at this point, don't forget. Yeah, like... with a big fucking shit-eating grin for yeah. the whole night. I mean... I don't know. If you're missing WrestleMania due to injury, should you be front and center? He's literally in the front row, in the center. The yep. camera's on him going, oh! Yeah, he's a big part of tonight's show. Like, Mr. Personality here with a big smile on his face. W- will we be seeing you at WrestleMania tomorrow, sir? Mm. Like, I don't think so. Doc Hendricks hawks some merchandise because it's a very different company. Whoa! Buy a denim jacket! Oh! Please buy some jackets! Well, I think it would be very fabulous for the World Wrestling Federation if you all bought some jackets. I, I really love Doc Hendricks getting used like shit like this. Having to just chill the jackets and stand next to the band And he's all literally night. dancing and going, whoa, yeah. we're having a good time. Yeah. Are you having a good time? Yeah, you're having a good time. But our, you bought a jacket, right? That's why you're having it. Would you say that the jacket has made you happy? Would, would you say that? <laughs> no. It's really satisfying seeing him get put through the ringer like this. I'll tell you what, he fucking earned his money, though. Jesus Christ. Like, he, they have him fucking... He's working. He's fucking taking bumps with this fucking shit. He's like. fine. He's got so much coke, he just zip right through it. Like. Coming up next, it's the Best Hair Awards. And Hawk and Animal, the Legion of Doom, here to present in Chicago. Hawk's got a little bit of uh, piss material. Yeah, he says that Undertaker's fans need catheters. Because... George, the germ, is really yearning. 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 It's hard with my voice (laughs) to do wordplay. How would you like your steak? Well, I didn't finish. (laughs) No one but Vince laughs. Mm. And Vince laughs loudly. Like, come on, we just got him back from WCW. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone join in. We love you, Hawking Animal. <laughs> Best tag team. What's that? A new award for the funniest tag team? It's the Legion of Doom. Hey, come on, play a crazy fucking song. Come on. <laughs> Best 
hair gay is how Animal introduces it. For fuck's sake. Where would that be? The best hair gay! You're the gay guy! The right place <laughs> at the wrong time! The award, I mean, the nominees are fucking same for every goddamn one. Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels, Steve Austin, Bret Hart, Triple H, and Mankind. Yep. And Mankind is in there because he tears his own hair out. Yep. Triple H wins. Yep. Well, basically, I've got great hair. Eat your hearts out, everyone. Don't you wish you looked as good as me? Me and Claudia Winkum and all we use is head and shoulders. Why would you say that? I've got lovely hair. Yeah, I'm coming for you, Goldust. Me and my beautiful new hair. Oh, crap. Awesome. Of many buys. <laughs> get a new one. I couldn't stop laughing about WrestleMania 13 where you were saying like Oh the ad we get here It's like. supposed to be It's supposed to be the greatest yeah. night of the year What's happened? But tonight what have we got for our sting? No one's happy about it The greatest pay-per-view of the year and no one is happy about it Order now <laughs> You know who's doing fucking double duty and fucking hard work here tonight Sonny Yeah fucking Woody over here coming out here <laughs> oh. Making sure all the toys aren't going to upset Andy Because of one of the toys that Andy, his dad gave him And like, you know, the toy's all drunk and weird and saying shit It's like, yeah, don't worry, I'll make sure I say so It's Captain Lou Albano like. Oh I don't envy her having to work with this guy, Jeez. like, standing next to him on stage. He is so all over the place. He's fucked up. Yeah, he is. He, he gets straight... Like, he pushes her out of the way and gets straight on the mic and just rambles. 93% of the gross WWE yeah. sound off. He starts off by going, I want to thank me! I want to thank WWF! All the veterans, all the new kids, all the young Shawn Michaels, Ahmed Johnson, Shamrock. Shamrock. Looking around the room, naming people like Honky Tonky Man as well. Oh. Yeah, all the great stars of the WWF. It's mm. it's like obviously someone was. Pr this is like right, Lou. We won't use you at WrestleMania, but we'll use you here. And Sonny is just like, yeah, Literally. let's just keep yeah. it on here. Like, on now. One thing I'll say about Sonny, and you know what, I am not familiar with Sonny's like like I've never watched a company. While she was a big part of that company at the same yeah. time. And I'll tell you one thing about Sonny. Is that she just has that. Like Sable hasn't got this. And Sonny does. Where she's just got that. Look. I know how this, this is a show. I know broad strokes how a show works. And I will get through this. Oh you, you put Sable next to Captain Lou here. And it would have been a disaster. Oh god. Like, Sable wouldn't have had, been able to go. Hang on a no. second. Here's what you need. Sonny is like. And this is a weird thing to say. But Sonny is like the most professional woman on the roster they've Honestly, got here. yeah. And like Cornette. If you ever hear Jim Cornette talk about Sonny like back in the day. Where he was like. She was the. But he would call her every fucking word under the sun. How annoying she was and how hard she was to work with. But he would always say he could rely on her to do a great fucking promo, a great mm. segment. She would, she was a great fucking worker for what it was that she was there to do. And fucking hell, she feels like such an overlooked, overutilized, like taken for granted. She's the CM Punk of this situation. Absolutely. Like, have more responsibility while we look after this new fancy yeah. toy we've got. Shoulder here. all this. And you don't even see, but like Sonny, there was a little shit up here on the stage. Oh, like, Jesus. you know, she's really been run roughshod here. It's horrible. Like, oh. you know. So, the loosest screw awards. <sighs> And Sonny's like, you know, fucking quadruple duty. Because every time they say anything, on they cut to Sonny for the big reaction. Yeah. And, you know, everyone is like, they cut to like Ken Shamrock and he's just like looking vacant or smiling. 
every time they cut to Sonny, it's a big BAM! She'll like, do like a big face and a wink at the a camera. A big wink, like, a big kind of, you You tell me, like, it's, yeah. you feel like you're having like... This, she's in the moment, always. Always. Like, and then she's like, oh, later on, I'm in a swimsuit, then I'll be fucking doing another thing and hosting the, the live line after this, and she's just a fucking everywhere. Mean Gene Oakley. Honestly, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, she's a professional. Who are our nominees for the loosest screw? Uh, Psycho Sid. Mankind. Kramer. <laughs> that is not an exaggeration. They do it in that order. Kramer. Kramer. Oh my God. Steve Austin and Bob Backlund. I want carrot juice. You give me a soft drink in New York City, young man. Stand up when I'm talking to you. Uh... Oh God, Bob. So, Mankind picks up the win here. Yes. This is, other than the obvious, this is the best moment of tonight. Yes, this is the best, like, acceptance speech. The fun table all mob him. Yeah! All the headbangers and Al Snow are all hugging him and patting him, like, having a great time. He comes up on stage, and Mick Foley, bless him, even in character as Crazy Mankind, tries to keep a straight face as Captain Lou Albano pets him <laughs> just he just stood there like thank you captain lou for petting me <laughs> and paul bear is stood next to him as well looking all proud looking proud of his boy fucking mankind here, just having a lot of fun you know winning this award is a really important moment and a milestone in my career and i'd like to thank one man who's made it all possible the one guy who's always been there and i can look up to i'd like to thank aldo montoya for being my inspiration because it's just incredible he's like don't mention me please jerry briscoe cracking up like all the boys are laughing at that like yo adrian i did it oh baby he brought the fucking the tone back up again a little bit of fun like a nice energetic speech there have mankind and sunny host the whole sammy's yes yes please it's time for marlena's talent Mm. What is her talent? She can sniff a cigar with a blindfold on. I, oh, I thought she had to smoke it, like. Oh no, I thought I thought she was like sniffing all up and down the shaft, and like, then I think she might have had a little smoke of it, and she could tell you exactly which cigar it was. Why is it that cigars managed to kind of just, just a little side here? But why is it that cigars managed to kind of sidestep that whole smoking's really bad for you? Unless, of course, it's cigars because they're really cool. Because they're cool. Because they're cool and they're rich and. You don't inhale, so you only get mouth cancer. So when you say they're like, cool and they're rich, like the rich, <laughs> the rich velvety smoke when you roll it around the mouth really is quite amazing, Kevin. So any carcinogenic worries you may have really go by the wayside when you're in flavor country, you know? And then Goldus implies that she's oh. going to smoke his penis. It's so... It, I guess this is the result of the 11 p.m. time slot because it's Whoa. like... The innuendo is like they're not even trying to mask it. It's, it's, Marlene is like... Oh, I just need something really long and smooth and cylindrical. Why, Marlena? What if I was to get an erection, <laughs> chop my penis off, and roll it on my thigh into a cigar? <laughs> There's something very creepy about it. He goes, I've got just the thing for you. We'll have to have that later because that's a very special cigar <laughs> it made me really uncomfortable you know my knob it's so fucking cringe backstage and honky tonk man and doink the clown are goofing around 
Johnny Declan, tonight obviously played by fucking Brawler. Brawler, Brawler yeah. So obvious. Because he's just got this big day. <laughs> How can you tell which one it is? Is is it the cerebral role play of Matt Bourne or is it Steve Lombardi? Easy way to tell is he breathing through his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> then it is the Brooklyn Brawler. <laughs> Duh. I'm doing the crowd. Duh, do, 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 do. Hey, you kids ever seen Doink the Clown? Fuck's sake, like. <laughs> I'm Crunchy the Clown. Coming up next, it's the Best Bowtie Award. Finally. Our next presenter is the self Wait a minute, what's this? Owen Hart, Slammy Award winner. Well, I did it again. And you know what? No, no, you're presenting this. You gotta be thankful, my man. Owen spent a whole year of his life promoting this crummy show. <laughs> I did it again! Yes! And I have nobody to thank. Once again, I did it all by my sweet little self. Two times Slammy Award winner! I knew it! I'm a winner! I did it! Woo! Hey, Bulldog, you may have two titles, but you don't have two Slammies! Yeah! And speaking of that, Vader and Mankind, this Sunday at WrestleMania, you're gonna be in for the fight of your life because the Bulldog and myself, we haven't been better ever. And we're gonna beat you and Mankind. And you know what, Vader? You don't have two Slammies like I do because you're losers and we're winners. Me and my Slammies! <laughs> Woo! Getting yes! real awards. I did it all by myself and I have nobody to thank. Bulldog, you may have two titles, but I've got two slammies. Cut to British Bulldog, he was just laughing. Cracking up, big smile on his face. All right, the sunshine smile of Davy Boy Smith and the way he looks at own heart. He's got his glasses on as well, like, and his nice tuxedo. Adam, bottle it up and put it on a shelf because that is the purest thing in 1997. Honestly, like, he's got a fucking Hugh Grant kind of quality about him with that smile and them glasses. It's like, so fucking wholesome. It and is. So much of this night, and it's really sad. You know what? WWE has went through whatever the company version of globalization is. Mm. It's massive. It's interdependent. It's so big now. And it's so... It's like in that too big to fail category. Mm. Too big for there to be little personal problems between important people. Everything operates on millions of dollars and millions of views. And you look at this show tonight and so much of it is small rinky dink mm -hmm. he doesn't like him she's sleeping with him mm -hmm. she doesn't like her he's holding him down his dad's got an issue oh we have to make sure we bring out the fucking old timer because his dad helped my dad yeah. it's such a fucking train wreck of a small little business mm -hmm. and there's just something about own and davy here that it's like it penetrates all that fucking swampy bullshit and it's just like oh there are two guys here who love each other. Yeah. You know, and it's so sweet. And for that little segment, they were having a great time. And, and so was oh, I. Oh, man. Own heart talking about how Vader and, and Mankind, you're in for the thrashing of your life because he's got two titles and I've got two slammies and Own running away and purposely throwing the chairs behind him as fucking Wiley e. Coyote, Big Van Vader. 
who's already laughing. And then he's like, oh, I got to be Big Van Vader. Yeah. I'm going to get you. And he falls <laughs> over, knocks into a waiter, and he gets up. And you think, oh, Vader's hot now. Vader's fucking laughing. Like, it's so it's funny. Big, cuddly Kodiak bear. Oh, like. Adam, it is a fucking gold. Bottle that up. That is the most... I think if Billy ever gets too down about 97, can we just show, show him, him that? Show him the look in Bulldog's yeah. eye and the smile of Vader and Ron Hart going, yes, when he gets away. That, that was actually my favourite line of the night there in Owen's little speech when he's having a go at Vader and Mankind. He's like, I'm going to give you the thrashing of a lifetime. And you know what, Vader? You don't have two slammies. <laughs> And another thing, you haven't got to. I think the next night WrestleMania's already got the two Slammy Award. Like yeah. he, I figured, it's like in kayfabe, Owen had the Slammy, the two-time Slammy Award winner already made. The singlet, and then he's like, if I don't win, I'm just going to nick one. Yeah, and that's literally what happened. We don't find out what was meant to happen with the Best Bow Tie Award. I think Clarence Mason was nominated. Doesn't matter. Coming up next, it's time for some more Miss Slammy talent action. Now, um, Adam, I always thought that Sable was just a pretty face and maybe she's like, I don't know, very delicate and not like a, a badass at all. Like, you know, like mm. a lot of these, uh, a lot of these uh, model types like Cindy Margunis. Mm. But uh, turns out my preconceived notions should be left right at the door. Well, you know what they say about me, Michael Cole. Once I start karate chopping bits of wood, I can't stop. Yeah. 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 Hiya. Beep. Yeah. It's. And then close up of Sable looking at the camera. Bruce who? And I was like, Bruce Willis. Was like, oh, Bruce. <laughs> Bruce Lee. Okay. <laughs> He's dead. Like, what do you mean? What are you like? Like, why are you referencing Bruce Lee? What the fuck? He's there at his grave. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <Man>. Hiya. <laughs> Breaking the tombstone. <laughs> Not such a tough guy now, are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's it's so shit it's really poor i really thought what they would go with her skill is like she's really good at laser tag because she, yeah she zapped like howard finkel in laser tag what wait have you not seen the special ad they did where it's like you know it's the laser tag it's howard finkel versus sable and like the laser master aka the games master is none other than Freddy Blassie. And he's like, you have just now do battle in the laser zone. And it's like, the following contest is scheduled for one fall. Oh, don't shoot me, Sable. And it's like, you're dead, Fink. Pew. And then it's like, Sable is the winner. What the fuck were they advertising? Uh, like a laser tag thing. We wear, you wear like a little... Why? It's like Quasar. You wear a little like sash that's got a, 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 yeah, an LED I remember, I remember reader on it. Yeah. And then you go... And they were shilling them. They were shilling them. What a time. Yeah, I know. Denim jackets and laser quest, baby. I guess it's still better than fucking deadliest catch people playing with toys or whatever shit that was. Like. I mean, I see Sable Karate Chop some king crabs because she really... I mean... I think it was around the 19th time they replayed it. It really hit home that she could do a karate mm. chop thing, you know? Throwing them forearms. Hiya. It's so fucking obvious that they are going to strap a rocket to her. Yeah. What do you think of me now? <laughs> the sun, like the sunglasses. Yeah. That's what it is. Like. Just wait till you see what my demon can do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... You can just see Vince Russo right in this. Oh, yeah, totally. It's every fucking trope that the shit that Russo would watch back in his little fucking video store. Busty would babe, sunglasses. Busty babe, sunglasses. Karate. Much better than the other busty blonde babes in sunglasses, because there's already three. And they're already 
promoting that show, like, is it La Femme Nikita or yeah. something that's about? Isn't that Whoa. about the busty blonde spy it or something? Is, yes. Yeah, well, she's different coloured hair, La Femme Nikita. Oh, does she? Okay, yeah. all right, different uh, thing. Different to Sunday Night Heat, that's uh, more of a silk stocking. Even though La Femme Nikita is very sexual, it's not part of the sexual block on a Sunday night. Right. Fucking hell, coming up next, we've got a bit of a song and dance number. Got a concert with Double J! I got my long sideburns and my hair slicked back Coming to your town in a pink Cadillac In a bit of another bow and I'm a honky-tonk man Make us fucking executives, there you go. We've sung on our podcast enough now. That's how you do it, right? Oh god, yeah, because he always sings that fucking song. He does, doesn't he? Him. You know, I like hearing that again and again. Double J... Jesse James. Yeah. Not Jeff Jarrett. I wrote down Jesse James, something has gone wrong, but that's the name that's of the song. That's the name song. of the song. But also, yes, very true. It starts off a little bit like, like mm. you know, a little bit new metal like, you know? Yeah, but then it's immediately just. And I literally, it goes on and on. And about the two minute mark would have been the perfect moment for starring Carl McLaughlin to have appeared on the screen like and then roll the credits I thought it was a perfect time for Jeff Jarrett to show up and hit him with a guitar like there's one song you forgot to sing there's one note you forgot to play <laughs> oh Double J the real real Double J how we need thee at this moment John McNally and Doc Hendricks they're coming out to introduce our next nominee which is for the number one with a bullet <laughs> What? Ha. It's the best song. Now, just say best song. Jumping John McNally here. He's uh, he's doing what the kids are doing these days. He's wearing the CD, Full Metal, the mm. album. Do you know who John McNally is? Yeah, he's one of the executives from Edel America Records. Yeah, and John McNally was was the man behind the WF soundtracks movement. So it's starting mm. with Full Metal, the album, the WF, the music volumes one, two, and whatever. Oh, you produced those ones as well. He did, and he produced the soundtrack for Hackers. Okay. <laughs> Alright, good for him. Which was pretty groundbreaking at the time. Like, what well, the soundtrack was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Hackers as well. Well, just always like... I'm in. <laughs> so, uh, John McNally and Doc Hendricks, they got some uh, some ca- comedy. Yeah. Comedy. Fuck it, absolutely goes there. I, like I, a I literally live. do not remember anything that they said. Have you got my song on there? No, we wanted to... Uh, Sell a few copies. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, he's like, we wanted to sell a few copies. The crowd don't do anything because it cuts and this fucking Doink the Clown is like stood up doing something in the middle of their speech. Yo, do, 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 <laughs> Look do, at me. Do. <laughs> what, did, what did he do again? The fucking clown shit, right? <laughs> <laughs> you can just imagine Matt Bourne, he'd be like, you know, when the wealthy damager shows up, you know, <laughs> things are going to take a turn and Steve O'Brien's like, Killed the wealthy dowager. Got it. Like, <laughs> fucking rubbish. Kill the clown chant, though. Yeah, yeah, it gets heat. So I think that's something that Doc Hendricks had tried to get over. A kill the clown chant. He, he did a song, I think he said. What? Yeah, he's like, that was my song, Kill the Clown. I wanted you to get it on the CD. Of course, I mean, I was looking up Doc Hendricks' discography. The last one is like, Why shouldn't kids be allowed to pray at school? <laughs> what? Kids should pray at school every day and bring a gun. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The politics of uh, Doc Hendricks and Michael Hayes do not reflect those. This, uh, this review is presented in its original format. And as such, there are some fucking dope hot takes from Doc Hendricks who released that song in 2015. Oh. 
2015? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I know, right? Oh my God. That was a hot take even for 2015. Damn. So the nominees are, Adam. Double J, Alone With My Baby Tonight. Okay, that's the first song. Undertaker, Entrance Music. Okay. Nation of Domination, Entrance Music. Are, like, are they implying that these people created these? Yeah, that they recorded their own. Cool. Flash Funk, Entrance Music. There it is. Sunny. I know you want me. She did. She actually did record the singing. The mega singer. I don't know. I don't think the whole "I know you want me" bit is Sunny. I think like the first sixty seconds of other people, and then there's a bit where it's like "I know you want me," and that's when Sunny comes in. Oh, I see. I think. Okay. I think. Well, we have a bit of that later. We may have to dissect that. Mm. But the winner of the award. Yay! It's the Undertaker again. You've done it now. You've gone and got him on stage for another speech. By the time the Undertaker gets to the ring, it'll be the Slammy Awards 2008, and Dennis <laughs> Milburn will be introducing him. Rock in peace. <laughs> well, I win the sure. office pool. He actually said it. He did say it. It was for all of his creatures of the night out there watching. Yeah, and he was like, kind of like, when I chose that music. I know. Oh, did you choose it? Did you? You sat down with the record library and had a look. Just cuts all the way down to Jim Johnson underneath. No, not at all, my dear. Although sometimes I wished I had. <laughs> I thought this was a bit weird because we're getting the swimsuit contest now and yep. we get to see Sonny or China's talents. Yeah, we're going to do the swimsuit contest in the middle of all this, I guess. Whatever. Now, you and I have watched... Or a fair share of swimsuit contests for this Sadly show. Sadly enough, we have, yeah. And I've come to it this... I've come with notes, Adam. Okay. And I'll tell you what. It was a very badly done swimsuit contest. Mm. Firstly, bring all the participants out at the same time. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, it's very awkward. Yep, it takes too long. So awkward. Like, Sonny just walking out in a bikini and like, Come on, everyone. Hello. Here I am. Hi. It's it, me. It's me, your colleague, Sonny. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> you God, know? it's her peers. It's her peers. Okay, yep. And then, you know, that, you know, all come out together. Mm-hmm. Secondly, just coming out in the bikini. Yeah. I need, I need, need I think the, the, the robe, yeah. you know, because obviously, you know, it's it's not like the old days where, you know, you just come out and you, there's the fucking, there's the wrestling, there's the bikini. Tori Wilson and Stacey Keebler, they really were the pioneers of how to work a robe, like, you know? <laughs> they build up to the hot robe reveal, like, you know? They'd work that robe in there. You go back. I'm just saying some of the girls should be watching some of them tapes from the future here because it's just really awkward. So, Sonny comes out and she does Brett's taunt as well. Oh. Did you know the... Uh history between these I've uh, heard things there was yeah. a lot of rumours and Brett was a married man at the time right? and he, was. he was being very pissed off about these rumours and like, Brett in his book was like I was a married man at the time I cheated on my wife you know all, did cheat. All, all the time he, he was very upfront in his book he said some guys did drugs some guys drank some guys partied and he said for me on my one release I needed on the road I had to be with, with a woman I needed I needed companionship okay so brett was a serial adulterer on the road and he admits that and okay. i think it was like his wife knew and hated it and mm. and if you ever you know when we watch fucking wrestling mm. with shadows that's not a happy wife let's mm. just say and brett is adamant that no him and sonny had nothing to do with each other mm. other than being very good friends yeah but like why are you doing this then sonny well i was gonna say who did who told you to do this was it you yeah whether they did have an affair or not is not the point the point is don't fucking keep bringing it up on tv so much of tonight just feels like 
they're almost trying to get Bret Hart to go away by pissing him off so much. A lot of digs yeah. at him. This like, will teach you, Bret, for being at... I mean, like Sean or Golden Boy, who you're not going to be at WrestleMania tomorrow, but make yeah. sure he has a nice special day here at the yeah, Stanley's. Yeah, make sure he has fun. Look at all these awards. Can you get you anything else, Sean? Yeah. yeah. Do you want to do some more camera shots at you? Yeah, that's good. Oh. Boo, Bret, you sucking me. Have the best match of the night tomorrow, by the way. Thank you. Cheers. Yeah, you better. <laughs> And then, if that's not enough to allude to it, then comes Triple H who comes out and he's like, China's not going to be in this. Also, Sonny, you're a piece of shit and you had sex with my best friend, Shad Michaels. <laughs> and she says you're not even good at the things you're meant to be good at, which is having sex, which is all you're good for. Okay, you've managed to make Sonny standing out there on her own in a bikini even more awkward. Yep. My God! Can we not? Can we just maybe have the contest without trying to make someone cry, possibly? Like I will just say, like objectively speaking... Sonny's was the best bikini. It had it had was em- it? it had uh, embossed jewels. It had a nice color contrast for 1997, which was a low time in terms of the uh, the swimwear genre. I think she pulled it off quite well. But uh, that's not being said. Triple H here, no bikini from Triple H. None. Very disappointed. He's wearing a full tux. What the fuck, man? And Triple H looks so bad in a tuxedo. It's yeah, hilarious. Yeah, it's really bad. For How To Stephanie on How To Wrestling, we did a whole episode about Stephanie McMahon and seeing Triple H in his tuxedo at the renewal of wedding vows. It's like this big boy. He's like his days wearing daddy's clothes. Giant like. man. The Funkettes come out together. Yep. And they stand either side of Todd, who goes, ah, I feel like a, an Oreo cookie. Fuck you, man. Because you two are black. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what a novelty. That's what great. a novelty it is to know two black people. Oh, oh dear. Well, there's one thing to know, to stand either side of you. What a time to be alive. Anything can happen in 1997, baby. Marlena comes out, and uh, Todd implies that he's got a big hard willy like the cigar it's, it's so fucking sick of you this. know like my I'm penis so sick the way it gets this. hard and i light the top of it <laughs> you know okay now you don't you, you gotta use a match preserve the flavor of that penis right todd this. and then sable comes out <sighs> and this is very much again you know we've watched a lot of these but they would always have like you know, Tori Wilson and Stacey Keeper, if they were taking each other on, they would always have Tori in an objectively more revealing piece of swimwear. And that, Yeah, that's what it's about. It's not it like is. who's got the nicest swimwear, it's who's got the smallest swimwear. Exactly. It's, it's exactly not, all it's it not is. who's got the moves. No, 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 of no. Of course not. Who's got the littlest. Yeah, literally. And this was Vince McMahon and Vince Russo going, Sable, we've got the hardest piece of swimwear yeah. for you. Unbelievable. Oh, my God. God, look at her! Oh, whoa! Did you see whoa. when they cut to Mark Merrow? Yeah, his head in his hands. It's very, very uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm. Honestly, the only way Merrow could be more fucking cringy is like his daughter was up there or something. Oh it's just no! Like, he has that vibe. Yeah, like, he's totally. Just totally mortified yeah. on her behalf yeah. and his behalf. Yeah. Coming up next. <sighs> Yeah, you know, we can vote there now, folks. Don't forget. Oh, yeah, kids, get your parents' permission to vote on that. What what bikini did you like the most, kids? Which one did you think was the smallest, kids? <laughs> can you dig it? You vote too. <laughs> Brian Pillman out here next. Uh, I did enjoy the Slammy Awards band trying to do his... <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, Brian Pillman's music is Gordon Ramsay thinking he's found the dirtiest thing in the fridge. And then he's found the walk-in freezer. What's this? <laughs> it's raw! It's just rancid. Do you know how long it takes for fucking plastic cheese to go rancid? And then Tim comes out going, fuck me. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> 
So Pillman is Ugh. here to announce best finisher. But he's got a whole lot of hate in his heart first. Uh, this is very difficult for me. Mm-hmm. Now, big Pillman fan. Yeah, I know. The, the biggest in the fucking world. Mm. I love the character, the genesis of the character Pillman. I could do, a, I mean, how interesting we are going to do a whole episode about Brian yeah, Pillman. Yeah, look forward to it. Very excited to do it. The problem is, and I'll be the first to say this, the Pillman that I grew up watching, in inverted commas, was the Loose Cannon DVD. The Steve Austin DVD where he talks at length about how great Pillman was. The little bits I saw in ECW. The little clips I downloaded off of LimeWire yeah. of Brian Pillman doing this, that, and the other. Some Heart Foundation stuff. Uh, unfortunately, Loose Cannon Brian Pillman, who's looking to be super controversial all the time. I've seen a lot of his stuff now in like Shotgun Saturday Night and here... And I'm really sad to say that like a lot of the loose cannon gimmick in WWF when he was doing the commentary is just him saying really hateful, homophobic, racist shit. And it's just really, really, really horrible. This is fucking edgelord. That's all it is. Like, I, I don't buy any... It's not like King where King says something upsetting and I'm like, fuck you. I know you believe that. You actually feel that way. I know he's just saying this for the reaction. But I mean, it's yeah. still fucking grotesque. It is. It's like this is... Pillman to a T at the moment. It's the reaction, the shock value. Yeah. It's him fucking shaking Bobby Heelan on live yeah. TV. It's him trying to take his dick out in ECW. It's Jesus. You know, it's like not knowing where the line is. And the reality is with Brian Pillman, unfortunately, is that even though along the way there's some great, crazy fucking moments and really wild stuff, and he is one of the best promos in, re- if not the best promo in wrestling in 1997. But you can't be Mr. Controversy Edgelord and be a commentator and have all the speaking stuff and also feel you have to overcompensate for not being flying Brian Pillman anymore because you got a fused ankle and you can barely mm-hmm. walk and you're addicted to painkillers. He's making up for it with this fucking shtick and it's just... Don't like it. No. Don't like crap. it at all. So there's a part of me that was like kind of, I'm really excited to go back to 1997 because I get to see all these cool Pillman. No, I'm uh-uh. not. I don't want to. No, I'm sorry. Scared now. I kind of, I wish I just kept it at the Pillman documentary oh. and like, yay! Brian Pillman made Ric Flair upset once. Yay! Oh, mate, this is going to be a scary journey. He, he worked Bischoff and Heyman against each other. Yay! Oh. He also calls Ahmed Johnson Uncle Tom. And it's, if it's, it's one yeah. thing when <laughs> Farouk says it. I mean, it's already gross enough, but. Jesus. Colin Cindy Margolis a prostitute and Stone Cold Steve Austin sacrilegious. And you know what? We gave shit to Double J in season one for saying it. It's don't fucking say it. Yeah. Austin three. It's hot. It's over. Yeah. Don't fucking call us sacrilegious. He's your mate. Calls for the envelope before the video. Well, it's tricky stuff here, Brian. Huh? <laughs> He's just no idea what the cue is like. So, the Best Finisher Awards. The nominees, Adam, are... Shawn Michaels with the Sweet Chin Music. Mark Miro with the... It's not called the Marvelocity at this point. Maybe even more wild? The Wild Thing. The Wild Thing. By Mark Morrow, ladies and gentlemen. Psycho Sid with his powerbomb. And the clip they play is like, God, God damn! Woo! Wow, it's the fucking powerbomb! Oh my goodness! <laughs> he picked him up and he put him down, yes, like Kevin Nash would. Yeah, very. Whoa! Oh, I've never seen anything like that. Ow! The Stone Cold Stunner and Bret Hart's Sharpshooter. Now, the Sharpshooter, the Stunner, 
and the wild thing and sweet chin music they're all great mm. they're also all I mean obviously they're all unique but I guess they're not really not massive I mean, the wild thing has to be the winner there it is the most impressive it is maneuver. the most impressive as a maneuver well all I can say is I hope the winner of this award it brings a smile to his face because <laughs> it's Shawn Michaels who lost his smile remember yeah we remember why does he do it? Oh, Sean's got a platform here. What are you going to talk about, Sean? You've not got a match at WrestleMania, so who will you tease? Is it Bret Hart? Oh, it is. It's Bret Hart. I'm going to beat you with that move too. Cunt. Look, seriously. <laughs> Such a little dick. Sit down. Like, this, you know, this is the thing you see in a playground as a teacher, and you go, stop it. I know what you're doing. Yeah. Stop it. Pack it in. <laughs> Let's nip this in the bud. <laughs> The best couple, and we're running low on time, is introduced by Vince McMahon and Jerry the King Lawler. And Vince just looks steaming pissed off. Yeah, this has gone horribly wrong. Vince, to his credit, can hide this with his fake whoa voice. But when he stomps up onto the stage, (laughs) like he's for honestly, if you had to run into that, like there's a ring. Yeah, because it's a ring like fucking rumble. And you think, oh, he might storm in here, like. But now Vince just is like quietly and he just goes to King. Come on, hurry up. I really want to see the 96 Slammies now because that it must have been great for him to be so angry about how this has gone. Last year's one must have been brilliant, I think. Well, they did like, the original Slammies was like, that's when you had like Stand Back. Yeah. You know, you had them all singing If You Only Knew together. Like oh they're God. great variety shows. Like seeing Macho Man Randy Savage pretend to play the trumpet <laughs> is fabulous. Fucking Jake Roberts with a big clarinet going bright red trying to play this thing. Like. <laughs> then they were gone for ages. Then it was 94. They did an episode of Mania, I think it was. And that is on the network. Right. Then 96, 97. So Vince is obviously flip-flopping between this he needs to be convinced and he is not convinced here tonight the thing he's convinced is that it's gonna be buried (laughs) and we're gonna have a rage party instead (laughs) so the best couple nominees Goldus and Marlena Bill and Hillary Waka Waka what Mark Merrow and Sable Siegfried and Roy (laughs) gay (laughs) and Triple H in China oh oh Penises. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Hysterical stuff. Oh, Jesus. Goldust and Marlena win. Hey! They probably say something inappropriate. I don't know. They give a really bored speech. Do they? The problem about Marlena trying to be mysterious and Goldust whispering. <laughs> it's like, right, lads, can you keep the energy up a bit? Like, <sighs> it's just like, it's like singing a lullaby for this crowd. It's really bad. Also, Goldust is apparently he's uh, he's got a, a big willy. Uh, oh yeah, you've heard that big old knob. This is how they're they're planning to get over. It's like guys, we got Goldust over here. Step three, over. Step two, we say that he's straight because ain't no one ever gonna cheer for a gay character. Number two, we talk about how he's got a massive ding bang and a goo. I'm talking, he's hung like a municipal building, okay? He's hung like a sewer works, yeah? He's gotta have the biggest snake this side of Jake Roberts and it's gonna be over cause when Terry and she a babe, when that babe talks about how big his Mickey is, the, the men is gonna cheer. They're going to cheer. They're going to want to be the man in the gold paint with the gold dick. (laughs) Surprisingly, Goldust struggles to get over. Yeah, it didn't last too long. Honestly, the the awkwardness of tonight's reception is nothing compared to the awkwardness of like, ho ho, Goldust. Him and Marlena have a very uh, 
sexual relationship. Yeah, literally, that's all they've got to lean on. I don't care. No, wrestle, do something. <laughs> so it's time for China's talent. Yeah, clanging and banging. Right. Proper badass workout sequence with the big desk. Arnold who? Just like the uh, the new tap out adverts they do, where it's all like desk. <laughs> John Cena looking like a monster picking up that foot. <laughs> <laughs> Like seriously, John Cena strains so much his hidden eyes come out of his neck. Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> it was impressive, except for there was a point where it's like she was lifting up this fucking this big bench press weight, mm. and she was like pounding on. It looked scary, and when she was lifting it up, it was kind of at an awkward angle. It was like yeah, one arm going higher than the other. Someone spot her. There's no spot of that. Someone's like, dying over yeah. like. Yeah. What if I put a few more weights on the barbell before you try and lift it? I used to lift two of these every day. Wake up at two a.m. A lot of coke, two big dumbbells. Come on, man. <laughs> so yeah, that's her talent. Mm-hmm. And then oh, this is really shit. It's like, and now it's time for Sonny's talent. They're like Sonny's talent. What talent? What talent? All right, okay, you know. How about the fact that she can fucking do a good promo or improvise and think on her feet? Yeah, like, I think it's going to show her, like, here, her and Captain Lou earlier. Her, yeah. her actually being a fucking The fact that she's character. more of a professional than most of the people on the roster right now. Like. Like, I'm okay with them doing the whole thing where... I wish they actually did play it up a little bit because it would have been a great angle if they had the, like, where you can have her be the heel where she's like, I, I'm the top star, obviously. Yeah. Even though here's Sable and Sable is doing, you know, karate and cool shit. And lean into the Woody gimmick. Yeah, like, lean yeah. into, like, Sonny being, like, entitled and stuff but the problem is is that they hate each other so much and Sonny legitimately was like she's here to replace me yeah so they weren't going to do that but instead you've got them going well here's her talent and they just show her titantron yeah it's a load of videos of her modeling like a sizzle reel it, then... is, it is her legit titantron yeah you know that's all it is a little bit of footage of her in the studio like singing along i know you want me <laughs> For fuck's sake. i know you want me i had a feeling you were fixing to watch me i know you want me don't you love to have your hands on me i know you want me i know that you want my love dirty thoughts dirty mind i'll be your eyes <laughs> staring from behind you want my body you want my touch son you want to do things that you ain't never fixing to discuss Goodness sake. <laughs> Sonny, I think, is the most talented of all of them. But that's the same. I know, and, and I'm for a fact we're going to come off as Sonny apologists and probably get flack for this. Oh, no, she's a fucking horrible I, person. I'm well aware she's a piece of shit, like, and I do tend to be a lot less harsh on her because I've seen so many people be really harsh on her. But I'm, piece of shit or not, there is no denying she is one of the more charismatic and professional people on this roster right now. Just is the case. Yeah, and in terms of, like, when you look at the, the charisma and the natural star power... Of like, look at the women we're talking about on SmackDown Crawl half the time. You know, look at Cat, BB Bush. You know, mm-hmm. these serious like fucking real like deer in the headlights have a great look. Absolutely, mm-hmm. you know, a look that people want to see. Absolutely as well. But in terms of put a mic in, they've got that little that's fucking. You know, and when I say professional, spark, that's what like, I mean. She has that like ability to think on her feet and to keep a scene going without getting lost. And like, in wrestling, particularly in these days when so little of it was scripted comparatively to mm-hmm. now. Surely that's that's the skill you need. That's what you want, yeah. Many careers can be made from just being able to think on your feet and have a bit of a fuck, have the chat like. 
That's what we call it in Ireland. We call it having the chat. <laughs> and she's got the chat. She has. But unfortunately, there's another woman now. We can only have one. So, sorry, Sonny. Bob Backlund and... <sighs> Man Cow, who I looked up and was described as being a local right-wing shock jock. Sounds like a lot of fun. Got a big pop. Yeah, big boy, Chicago. He's, yeah, a, he's exactly. a big, like, he's Chicago based. Not a man cow's first foray into the world of wrestling. Really? Yes, he had uh, matches with Jimmy Hart and WCW that were promoted on Nitro and his Ew. show. I know. Like fighting against Jimmy Hart. Yeah. Ew. Why would you put a regional fucking, like, they wanted Howard Stern. Right. You know. Obviously, everyone in Mancow's entourage as well is like, well, we wanted Howard Stern, but, you know. <laughs> and, of course, as well, I had to you know, just point this out here. Uh, Mancow, for a radio man, he sure struggles with a microphone, huh? It's not very good. Nice tie, dork. Let's go to the nominees. God damn, careful, Kev. What the fuck is that? He's awful. He's, and he's got a big cigar that he's blowing smoke around on the stage, looking like he's a badass. Now... I've made it known I'm a fan of Bob Backlund. Mm-hmm. Not always because of the things that he intentionally does, but Backlund has got his dander up here tonight mm-hmm. because this is the Freedom of Speech Award, the Larry Flint Freedom of Speech Award, and Mancow being like a fucking, you know, Wah, I don't like Howard Stern. That's why I talk like Howard Stern and take all his mannerisms. Yeah. Like, great, awesome. Private parts, his new movie, they should have a movie with me because I got a smaller audience and less to offer. Imagine that, like. You're, you've less to offer than Howard Stern. <laughs> Imagine that, like. You're aspiring for Stern levels. Wow, like. like that's a, uh, someday I hope to be able to make women drunk and aggressively pursue a line of questioning that makes them agree to things that they wouldn't Jesus. have agreed to when they were sober. Take your top off. Huh? Uh, don't, don't, don't be coming out here with that shit man cow. Yeah. I'm glad they put back in there because he is fucking... You are not in your world! Sir, you are in our world! He crushes it, the cigar up in his hands. He's like, give me that! Smushes it. And I literally, write down. You can read my notes here. Kill him, Bob. Go on, please. Get him, go on. Go do on. It. Do it now. I've never once been the lad looking to start a fight like in the corner. Going, go on, go on, fight him. Hit him. Hit, Hit him. him. He's making fun of your chips. Go on, Hit him. Hit him! He said you're naff! He said you, you drive a train! Go on! Go on! <laughs> hit him! <laughs> oh, God. So, our nominees are... Jerry the King Lawler. <laughs> you know, aren't you... Beep! Stone Cold Steve Austin. You remind me of a jackass! Yeah, that's good. I love he's like a fucking... It's like he's Guybrush Threepwood, like. <laughs> you know? Your wrestling ability is that of a mule. Well, you remind me of a jackass. How appropriate, you son of a bitch. You talk like a cow. <laughs> Paul Heyman. Oh, this isn't show sucked about ECW or what. Also, Jerry the King Lawler's a pedophile. <laughs> Farouk. Hey, man. <laughs> it's the <laughs> same damn thing. I don't care about no Slammy Award or getting a paycheck. Or is it going to be... Howard Stern. Oh, have you ever had you have sex with China? Was she like a man? Eh. Uh, the winner of this award, it's a little bit scary what happens here now. Mm. It's a bit of a throng on stage. Jerry Lawler just appears. Backlund looks like he's about to fucking kill him. Backlund, another line of the night here, says there shouldn't be any freedom of speech. The First Amendment needs to be revised. <laughs> Did he say revised or revoked? Oh, revoked! <laughs> 
So Stone Cold Steve Austin wins, and yes. I was really hoping he'd just come up here like stun Man Cow, yeah. stun Bob Backlund, Jerry the King Lawler. You know, it's all of, of Man Cow's like wacky goons, where the guy's like, "Hey, Man Cow, should I pop a cap in his ass?" And the guy's like, "Look at me, Man Cow. I've obviously got a gimmick. You want to talk to me?" God, They're like fucking so obnoxious. Random baddies from One Punch Man. Look how big and interesting I am. It felt like the oddities to me, <laughs> like just a bunch of people on stage vying for your attention. He's no fucking Kurgan. Yeah. You know what? I'll tell you what. I'd listen to a right-wing shock jock if it was Kurgan. Wow. I'd, I'd listen to Kurgan on, on Chicago radio. Big words. Austin comes up, cuts another great promo on Brett. Straight to the point. Although we are late into the evening's proceedings, so it's Big Dip Steve Austin. Mm. You know, Bret Hart, on your best day, you couldn't beat me even if I decided to wrestle with this big man at you. I ain't never going to say I quit, son, because I got too much dip in my mouth. <laughs> you know, it's, you know the iconic shot at WrestleMania 30 was like, Ehh! and all yeah. the dip is <laughs> rolling down and saying, oh. I had dip before and I'll have dip again. God's sake. Ugh. Uh, and then Austin, as soon as he goes off stage, he beats the shit out of Doink. And yeah! Then, and then, like, ten other people all pile up. Yeah, his, his, the new Blackjacks, ha-ha, ride again. And they, <laughs> they beat up Doink the Clown line. Yeah. There's only one ridiculous-looking person here, and that's Bradshaw and his mustache. Coming up next, to introduce the star of the highest magnitude, it's Walter Payton. NFL superstar. Who Jerry Lawrence says is from Fat Bears. Yeah. That bears. Like, ha ha, that bears. He's, oh, I feel from here. Mm. Not since John Cena introducing William the Refrigerator Perry into the Hall of Fame have I seen someone being laughed and catcalled so much at and it clearly get to him. Yep. Uh, he's, he's, oh. he's not comfortable and he's clearly been given a little script where he's meant to try and get heat with Shawn Michaels. He's upset like. They had an interaction sometime yeah. in the past and he's meant to bring it up. And he's trying to get heat with Shawn Michaels, but he's like grinning like a little kid just because he's so fucking nervous. But he's and grinning like, y'all shut up now because I'm doing my bit. Like, like, come on, don't ruin this for me. I'm, like, I'm part of the Chicago Bears. Yeah, you know? I came to do your shitty little wrestling show. You should be nice. The dinner like. wasn't even that good, guys. Come on. <laughs> so the nominees for the Superstar of the Highest Magnitude, let me guess, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Steve Austin, Undertaker... And I would say probably Sid. Yes, that's exactly right. Okay, I, I, I'd written down from before. I wasn't looking at it. And I, yeah, correct there. Exactly. But just um, very obvious. I mean, this is the problem with the Slammies, isn't it? Mm. Very similar. Small talent pool we have here. When you have awards that are basically just best this and best that, yeah, funnily enough, the only wrestlers that get mentioned are the best wrestlers. Like. And uh, The Undertaker with the spirit of Return of the King. <sighs> with the, the Oscar Slammy Grand Slam here. He's got them all like, you know. Unbelievable. I hope he comes back and makes the Hobbit. I am going to destroy... He's basically saying that he's grateful for being given this award, but he doesn't yet feel that he is worthy of the title of star of the highest magnitude until I have defeated all of those great superstars that were nominated. And so I guess this Sunday I begin my quest. And I want to thank all my creatures and my crew. And you see him like look and do like a little... Eh? Like a little nod at somebody. Like, I'm assuming his godfather. Some, someone's like, playing dice. Someone's playing bones. Got some dominoes on the go over there. I mean, surely Undertaker would have thought, you know, this main event with Sid, ain't a lot going into this, is there? Mm. Like, as in nothing. Other than Sid saying, I ain't afraid of the 
Dark Undertaker. Yeah. That's all they have. And I would have thought, you know what, take you're up on stage like nine times tonight. Yeah. Give us a bit of fucking Psycho Sid, I'm going to get you. Or have, you know, cuts between him and Sid. Something. Nothing. No, instead we get Humble Taker all I night love tonight. my fans. Cool. Good for you, man. Doc Hendricks plugs the jackets again with George and Adam. And George has got a napkin covered up his piss. And my favorite line of the night here. Whoa, George, you need to clean yourself up. It's WrestleMania 13, baby. Jesus, no one's happy about it. Lifetime Achievement Awards. Psycho Sid and Gorilla Monsoon. What a pair. Now, having Gorilla Monsoon, the elder statesman of the WWF, and a real, like, I think he's a positive figure to put up on that stage. Him walking out to... Oh. hearing that live is wild it sounds so fucking cool live like <laughs> Gorilla Monsoon. It's, it's scary as fuck I'll give you that <laughs> to quote Bobby Heenan I mean to, to paraphrase Bobby Heenan the only reason that music will be playing if it's from the Bananas point of view the Lifetime Achievement Award is for McMahon Consigliere Arnold Scalland so now it's a fucking dignified award ceremony, is it? Like, we're going to really take time. To, and this is like, the next 10 minutes of this is very much like honouring a legend. Let's ever, all take this very seriously now. Storm the beaches of Normandy. Yeah. Worked with four generations of McMahons. And uh, had a long managerial career, Arnold Scalland. And we're here to honour him here tonight. Because he knows a little too much about the McMahon family. We need to keep him happy, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah, that's a award would just be like a padded envelope and a little kiss that each cheek. Like. <laughs> yeah, no. A little something for you, huh? No. So, uh, yeah, and uh, the Gabagoo was very good at the, uh, the ceremony. Nice little moment. He gives his trophy to his wife. Yeah, he thanks her for everything and says that she deserves it. Like, yeah. It's really nice. And now she knows where the bodies are buried. <laughs> Miss Slammy is announced. Who wins it? Sable. Yeah, well, there you go. Who'd Obviously, have thought? it's fucking Sable. Yeah, she says this year in the WWF has been the best year of her life. <laughs> Wait till the next year. Like. She looks forward to the next year and <laughs> the many, many more to come. Ah, so that'll be next year, and then the couple of months after that, where you sued them, and then the years where you are making out with Vince McMahon to taunt a one-legged man. Mm. Good times. And then we get the band play us out, like they play up some music to end the show, and we cut back to Vince and King. And you got Vince being like, Oh, King, I uh, I think earlier on tonight when you didn't win your award, you uh, you may have had a reaction very similar to that superfan George. Well, what do you mean? Well, I th thank you, you know what I mean. <laughs> we want to thank you all for joining us in the slime. He's like, what the fuck? What? You're going to say he pissed himself and then go off the There's air? There's one thing that can save this show. It's Hail Mary time, boys. I've got the perfect joke. It's a callback to the time the guy pissed himself earlier. Catch the ball, King. Catch it, catch it, catch it, catch it. You didn't catch it. What's going? It's not funny anymore. God damn it! And then finally, we get a WrestleMania 17 style re <laughs> recap of the whole night, baby. <laughs> that was goddamn hideous. That was a nightmare made real, Kevin. It was the most haunted, mm -hmm. dark-sided, yep. mean-spirited. Yep. You know, it's saying something when you come away feeling sorry for Sonny is your main takeaway from it. Yep. Brett's been made to feel like shit. Yep. Austin a little bit. Rock's made to look like a putz. Just, oh my, it's such an insensitive broadcast. Yeah. You know, like, I like the idea of there being, like, a nice little a meal, like a dinner, a ceremony. A variety show for the for the staff and like, for the have fans. Have you heard about the Cauliflower Alley Club? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently everyone says it's great fun. It's because, like, like, 
this weird wrestling thing, you know, it's fucking weird. Mm. And if you're still around and you've lived through and you're seeing the next generation, you still have contacts and you hear all the stories about people being lonely and no one makes friends in yeah. wrestling. And then you hear about that Cauliflower Alley Club where it's like, hey, you know, a couple of times a year, all the guys and girls meet up and everyone gets to shake hands and catch up and nice speeches, everyone gets honoured. And I think it's a lovely idea. And I just feel to take that concept and then exploit it for the sake of... I mean, like, everyone here has just been shook up in a jar by the weird fucking kid that is Vince McMahon going... (laughs) If we talked about Andy having a friend in me right here, Vince McMahon's that heel kid next door. Sid. And yeah, he's fucking Sid, and he's shaving the head off his Barbie doll and gluing it onto a fucking Meccano. Like, he is seriously fucked up here. Hey, wouldn't it be really funny if we had Sean and Brett on the stage at the same time? Like, you know? Wouldn't that be really funny? Like, yeah. What do you think? think Sonny's gonna be pissed off? Oh, Vince, she's gonna be so pissed off. totally what it is. And they're trying to do it with Sonny and Sable like they did with Sean and Brett and that sucks yeah because neither of them are wrestlers for one yeah it's, it's not even like they're going to be in the fucking main event slots like Brett and Sean were getting put in like they're not going to get anywhere near the payday those lads got you know what in 2019 a lot of times people get very up in arms and I you know, sometimes rightly so about WWE and wrestling's attempt still to try and work work the crowd mm. you know making oh is it real is it, is it work is it fake a lot of the stuff with Ronda Rousey in 2019 has people up in arms if they're like kind of oh but they're doing that to rally up and you know what any day of the week, as fucking distasteful or shitty or ham-fisted or genre-breaking as it could be, I'll take being worked as a fan over watching wrestlers who are fucking blood, sweat and tears, Austin said yep. tonight, watching them get worked up for the sake of yucks and giggles. You know, that's fucking shit, man. They're the ones sacrificing their well-being for the sake of your company and your product, and this is how you treat them. Yeah, like, I mean, goddamn, Brett, Sean, Sonny, maybe you guys should have sat with, like, Al Snow and the Headbangers, because that honestly, seems to be the only way anyone had a good time here tonight. Sadly. What a fucking horrible show! Oh, it was like Rage Party gone dark-sided. Like, it was so fucking weird. It's like a rage party, but they had a lot of admin to get through. Yeah, legit. <laughs> at least in rage party, they go, look at this, look at that, look at yeah. these, look at those. This is like, and now another award. Mm. And now another award. I hate award ceremonies, McMahon. I bet Drew Barrymore was glad she was double booked tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Attitude Era podcast. And as always, please leave a rating or review on iTunes, SoundCloud, or on Stitcher, wherever it is you like to consume your podcast. You can always help us out by letting us know your thoughts and helping out the old algorithm. And if you're on Twitter, give us a follow at AE Podcast. Over on Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era Podcast. We've got a load of video content for you on our social channels. You can see it the easiest on Facebook, where it's all nicely organized and categorized for you to look through. But we've got clips from old episodes, new episodes, and stuff from Patreon. So if you've not checked out the SmackDown Crawl or our gamesmanship episodes yet, you can see previews online. Patreon! You're talking over 60 hours of content over there on Patreon. Do you want some video episodes? There are five installments in living color and beautiful full HD. You can watch gamesmanship. Gamesmanship, where Adam and I review wrestling software and video games, some of the most fun we've had. If you like Adam's videos he's been doing on Facebook, wait till you see this man unleashed on a full 90 minute plus video. The latest Warzone is available to watch now. Over 44 episodes of the Smackdown Crawl available. 25 Q&A episodes, the Bibliotech. If you liked The Rock Says or Journey Into Darkness, 
There's a whole load more. All is available exclusively if you become a backer over on patreon.com forward slash AE podcast. Become just a $5 backer. Get immediate access to a whole glut of content. Become a $20 backer and get access to all of our commentary tracks, which you can buy individually on selfie.com slash AE podcast. But you make a more than 50% discount if you get them all over a dozen at patreon.com forward slash AE podcast. Adam, I feel like we've looked into the heart of darkness of 1997. Yes, we have. It's a weird time. Yeah, and I really feel like this has massively impacted how I'm going to enjoy Season 4 going forward. Because after WrestleMania 13, it was like, yeah, it was a bit crap, but I had a great time. I'm loving this again. And now, all of a sudden, I hate Todd Pettengill. I'm really bitter and angry at Vince McMahon. I'm way more sympathetic to Sonny and Brett than I was before. Like, this show has ruined my perspective, I think. Ah... Had the time of my life, oh. and I owe it all to Vince McMahon. Oh. The slam is 97. <laughs> Fucking jingle rock. Jingle rock. <laughs> Stone Cold, Stone Cold Austin. <laughs> He's the greatest man. Everybody's crazy about a five dress taker. Man! Kind in the name of love. <laughs> well, until next time, we're going to be looking at Revenge of the Taker. It's a goodbye from me, Kevin. And me, Adam. And we'll see you next time on the Attitude Era Podcast.